Hey everybody, welcome to episode 43 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back, I'm Ben, and once again I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. Hello, hello. How are you doing, man? You okay? Absolutely boiling. It's so hot at the moment. <laughs> I know. Uh, the uh, the YouTube studio room has been insanely hot the last couple oh, of days. So uh, when we recorded Miniature Monday last night, I was absolutely drenched afterwards, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's probably not going to be a very good look. <laughs> that's uh, that's the summertime in May. That's just what we need on top of a lockdown, isn't it? Is, uh, oh, yeah. On the way to 30 degree heat. Uh, yeah too much yeah uh, anyway ben thanks ever so much for coming on the show uh can you tell us what we're talking about on episode 43 um yeah we're going to be having a bonehead basics on dark elves uh talking about dark elf inducements and the usual games hobby and star players okay brilliant and as we're talking all about dark elves we've brought in a guest today who is a purebred canite fanatic ian triple pow triplo hi both how are you doing today ian all right yeah, also uh, equally toasted, uh, slightly roasted. Now, now, both of you guys are going to be struggling in the extra heat of your 3D printers, I imagine. Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Because that's what you need for uh, lockdown, is not just to paint the miniatures that you've already got, is to uh, find a way to make more miniatures when the, most of the games companies have closed down. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ian and I have gone full mechanica, haven't we? Yeah. Well, we've got the oh, Fabricator yeah. General here. Uh both of them. Um, Ian, thanks ever so much for joining us. Uh, we do massively appreciate it. And obviously we've dragged you on here because you play, you've play, you played uh, a lot of Dark Elves in our local league. And uh, that, and I think you played some online as well, probably. Uh, but before we move on, we have a tradition. We need to establish your gamer credentials. So we've got a few questions here. Just want to quickly run through with you, if that's okay. Absolutely. Okay, wonderful. Can you tell us, Ian... Are you or have you ever been a wargamer? How did you get into wargaming? Uh, so I got, got into wargaming back end of the 80s. Quick uh, dating yourself reference. <laughs> um, when uh, one Christmas my parents decided a great idea was to get Blood Bowl for me and Necromunda for one of my brothers. Oh, wow. Okay, so if Necromunda and Blood Bowl were at the same time, then the Blood Bowl version, was it the blue box? Yeah, it was the blue box then, so uh, back end second edition, early third edition. Okay, so that was not the Astro Granite pitch. Uh, I did get, have the Astro Granite pitch after not too long and lovingly painted it for hours and hours on end. Oh, who didn't? I mean, <laughs> you can never find one of those on eBay that doesn't have basically Airfix paint all over it. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love the skull as well. Fantastic. So. I mean, that answers the next question we had here, which is how did you get into Blood Bowl? And it sounds like you got it for Christmas. Although, I've got to be honest with you, getting that at the same time of Necromunda, that is a tough sell. Well, it's three brothers, so um, uh, lots of fighting over uh, who was going to play what game. So um, <laughs> we, we, we played a little bit of a home Blood Bowl league and uh, yeah. Yeah, we could never really get teams to sort of stay alive, but it may have been because the other two played Undead and Orcs. Undead and, and Orcs. And what did yeah. you run? I was running the Dark Elves even back then. Oh, so, fantastic. Uh, classic. 
many, 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 many a restart of the team. And a complete non sequitur, but in Necromunda, which gang did you run? I'm an, I'm an all up gang. Ah, okay. All right, that's cool. So you, you like the uh, the capable, but a little bit fragile, guys. I like it. Make, makes Absolutely. sense. Makes There's sense. A theme. <laughs> okay, two more questions for you. What's your favourite team to play in? Favourite team to play? Yeah. Uh, they, that would have to definitely be the Dark Elf. Oh, thank you. I um, think you might be the first guest that stayed on point with that question. Um. <laughs> it's my comfort zone. I'll always go back to it. I love it. And your least favourite team to play against in Blood Bowl? Ooh, uh, other than a Milton 20-skill block team. Um, <laughs> That's becoming would... a theme now. Yeah, it would probably have to be humans, actually, because they're one of the few teams you can go into the match and you don't know how they're going to play. That's, um, that's fair. I mean, especially given you've had some experience running humans uh, yeah. at uh, Beachhead. You took the Griff build and did pretty well took, with it. Took the Griff build, did really pretty well. And I've also had some pretty dire experiences against humans uh i ended up with two dark elves on the pitch in the league while uh, ian smashed me with his human team oh, warhanam hanam loves guard on humans and uh, we'll get to that yeah. when we talk about the human uh, when we finally do the human episode um uh, that will be a that'll be a fun one <laughs> no that's fantastic ian i think your blood ball credentials are very much established uh and uh welcome to the show and with that we're going to move on to news Okay, so first things first, it's time for Blood Bowl news. And first up, we've got Pirates of the Orc Bay, 3D printable miniatures on Kickstarter. Uh, ben, we talked about this at least last episode, I'm sure, didn't we? Uh, yes, yeah, we've mentioned this uh, a couple of times, I think. Okay, cool. So we'll do a little project uh, update. Uh, 1500 against a target of 350. So this is STL files. So STL files are for people who have 3D printers. And all of the people I know with 3D printers are on the line now. <laughs> so uh, Ian, have you had a chance to look at these guys? Uh, not only have I had a chance to have a look at these guys, this is backed and waiting to be uh, printed in <laughs> oh, June. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, brilliant. That is really cool. So June, is that when the uh, estimated delivery is? Yeah. Yeah, that's the joy with STL files. They basically, they finish and you get them pretty much the day after. Oh, come on. 30, was yeah. 13, nine pounds for the team? Uh, or yeah. 13 pounds for pre-supported? Yeah. That yeah, is, you, that's a yeah, bargain. <laughs> yeah. That's a bargain. Uh, ben, is this the one Rob was talking about with you? Yes, uh, Secret Carnage. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, I think uh, he has asked me to print those for him, so I'm I'm doing that. Um, I will check, uh, just because they are there is a separate pledge pre-supported, I will ask him to get the pre-supported one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, you guys out there, you guys out there listening, this is uh, from, who is this from? Doesn't actually say who it's from, does it? Yeah. Anyway, it's MG Picks, I think. So Pirate of the Orc Bay. Uh, we did talk about it last episode. It's kind of cartoony orcs. It's 3D print files only. There's no option to get your own. Uh, they've got some old school looking blitzers with the kind of um, World War Two German kind of hats. World War One German hats. Mm -hmm. um, lots of details. Pirate stuff. It's the team with the very cool uh, individual goblins. So all the positionals are there. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's very um, kind of stylized, isn't it? It is very stylized. I think it will paint up really well. 
and it looks oh. it looks chunky enough to be able to be printed uh, without massive. Like I don't think you lose any detail because it all looks pretty pretty chunky on the detail. <laughs> yeah, I mean you you can see pictures of the prints and they've come out really great. Yeah. So. yeah. They've put some alternative models in for so there's two different troll designs and the nice thing about 3D printing is if it doesn't come out well when you paint it, you print another one and start again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never never need to strip the miniatures, just print another one. Um I love it. I love it. So this is, has got 6 days to go from when we are recording. So uh, finishes on Monday the 1st of June so this episode's going out on Saturday the 30th of May so you do have a little bit of time left if you're not already one of the 109 backers and next we've got another one on Kickstarter Star Elves L Team for Fantasy Football so this went live on the 22nd of May this is from Star Player Miniatures uh, it says 36 um, mil scale Elf Team it's pro elves all the way guys have you had a chance to look at this Kickstarter? Oh, I love these. I really, really like these. Okay, so it's Pro Elves. They've got exactly the aesthetic from Blood Bowl 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah even even the kind of Blood Bowl tabletop, they're pretty close. They, they are. They are. They've got the, the hockey masks. They've got the yeah. classic spikes. They don't have the Mohawks from 2nd Edition, but that's okay. Mm. I, feel like, I feel like they're gone now. The They've got like, the masks as well, like on the belt and the knees. Uh, yeah, the Harlequin masks. Yeah. Uh, do yeah, they? Classic. It is, isn't it? They they are very very classic. So uh, as for goal wise, target of three thousand five hundred. These guys are nearly at eight thousand pounds already with six days to go. So really short period of time. This one also finishing on Monday, June the first. One hundred twenty five backers. Let's have a quick look at the price. So fifty pounds. Elf team of 12 miniatures and all unlocked stretch goals. That seems cheap. It's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's metal. It's worth noting it's metal. So if you really like metal, there's that as well. Do like metal. Uh, £59 for the 15-player team. So I'm not sure what the difference is. I'm assuming just some elves, just some extra, um, some extra line elves. Uh, they've got some painted miniatures. They've got the linemen are all individual, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. They've got the uh, awkwardly posed kicker times two, so that's frustrating. They've got plenty of guys on one leg uh, because that's the new thing for Blood Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, they've got some really great poses. For my liking, these guys are a bit tall. Um, obviously, they've said they're 36 mil. They do look tall. They've got a decent scale to them. Like, they actually look properly proportioned which i think just clashes a bit with the other blood bowl miniatures out at the moment yeah um i mean i think they can get away with it being elves can't they uh yeah i mean the games workshop pro elves are, are giants so yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh the star elf line woman is cool that's a good yeah looking at this was um quite dangerous though because you start seeing all the other teams they've done you're thinking oh that chaos all team looks good <laughs> yeah i've not i've not really had a much of a look at the star player uh miniatures right here's the team times 15 uh no list so thrower thrower four catchers two blitzers and seven line per people that's a reasonable elf team right there mm -hmm. uh stretch goals Six thousand. There'll be. There's some cool star players. The prince. That's Prince Moranian. That guy must be uh, Jordel, probably, or the other guy. The guy with hypno gaze. Cannot remember his name right now. 
Oh, yeah. Fresh Breeze and L Drill Sidewinder. Uh, Dark Shadow, Light Shadow at 12,000 uh, euros. So they've got plenty of stretch goals with star players coming, and you can just buy things as add ons. Uh, so if you don't want the entire team, you can just back, and it's six euros for a star player there. Six euros for that star player. Oh, wow. Might have to pick up some star players, which does make sense given that this is being created by star player miniatures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ian, we know you're a Dark Elf fan. Are you a Pro Elf fan as well? Uh, so, I definitely want to run a Pro Elf team uh, probably uh, next year now with the uh, slight knock on of tabletop <laughs> play this year. Yeah. But, um, I like these guys, but I just. Um, is there that much difference to the GW miniatures for me? You know what, Ian? That is a that is a very fair shout. They they are an alternative, but the style and the size are actually very similar to Games Workshop. Um, oh, their high elf team is cool though. Oh, I see the danger here, Ben. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You roll see it the uh, <laughs> oh, there's a Chaos Pack team, the Undead team, a Lush. Uh, the Halflings are okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Dark Elves are purple. That Dark Elf team does look very cool. Uh, they look very dark Eldar, actually. They do, yeah. The human team's good. The orc team's great fun. Or is that a goblin team? I don't know. That's a lot of armor goblin for team. a goblin team. Chaos Dwarf team. Anyway, they've got some great teams. And uh, definitely worth looking at. And you can buy an individual models. So if you just want a couple of uh, elf star players, this is a really good way to pick them up for six euros a piece. Uh, so estimated delivery of July 2020. Quick, that's fantastic i mean ben we still got the fanath stuff due next month which no. i oh is it next month june wow. yeah in, in theory uh, yeah, i haven't heard much from that project no well they only want to anything i've heard is uh, sorry guys we're delayed due to coronavirus i was like yeah. no <laughs> we're the best of us fanath um <laughs> I think if you build a three month delay and then you might be surprised otherwise you're going to be disappointed <laughs> i think Good that's idea. probably fair enough uh, right, cool. That is the Star Elf team. Definitely worth a look if you are an elf player and want something slightly more, you know, less GW. Uh, right, now we've got Willy Miniatures and is it Grebo that are both doing orcs? Orcs, orcs at the moment? Yeah, it's all about the orcs, isn't it? It's seriously it's all about the orcs. So we've got the. No, not, not Siri. Siri, it's fine. Um, so we've got the Pirate Bay guys. Now, Willy Miniatures have got the orcs. And we've got Grebo with the WoW Orcs, basically, with the World of Warcraft guys. So let's have a look at Willy Miniatures first. So uh, have they actually launched the Kickstarter yet? I don't think so. I, at least I haven't no. seen a link yet. So no. Yeah. Lots okay. of previewing. Yeah. Uh, well, Punga, I feel like, are the king of Kickstarters, and that is how they do things. So it wouldn't surprise me if the other miniature companies weren't following suit. Uh, so let's have a quick look at some of these guys. So I've got the Blitzers up here. Um, they are... So Orcs traditionally have quite big heads, big hunched shoulders and everything. They've got, the, they've got the bodies of Orcs. They've just got slightly smaller heads. They're kind of more... These guys are kind of half Orcs, in my opinion. No, see, I, I prefer this look on orcs. On orcs. Yeah, well, like, uh, I, I, I like this look. <laughs> yeah, that, I think it looks really intimidating. Well, ben, you're a half orc D and D player, aren't you? Uh, I did run a half orc in the latest campaign. He died, but that's beside <laughs> the point. That's that's incredibly <laughs> yeah. blood bowl of you. Uh, well, yeah. the, the black orcs are pretty chunky. 
Yeah, they just look good. They look really like beefy and like the kind of tribal look. It, it works. I like them a lot. Tribal got very, um, is a good way to describe. Forty K looking logo on them all, don't they? Like the the orc logo they've got, it seems straight out of Forty K. That is a hundred percent the orc logo, isn't it? From yeah. from Forty K. Um, so, guys, what's your verdict on the Willy Miniatures orc team so far that we've seen really so good. far? I'm I'm really glad I've gone in on another orc Kickstarter. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, this one would have. Uh, <laughs> would have been a straight in yeah i i like this one but i also like this one too sounds like a little advert here we go uh it is the vicious wildfire the ultimate orcs both resin and metal thank you Grebo, for absolutely going in so we showed off this uh on the last episode a little bit uh mm -hmm. with the really so it feels <laughs> it feels like willie's orcs are half orc half humans these guys are half orcs half ogres in my opinion yeah. Um, is there any more posts from Grebo? Have we got any more info about their Kickstarter? No. The throwers. Have you guys seen the throwers? Oh, the hench, aren't they? They are absolutely for huge. I can I just like completely miss the pitch and throw it to the next one? <laughs> Uh, they're throwing a head, not a ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. These guys are a they're World of Warcraft style. I think Very. they've got the Amish beards and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Top lip. Uh, they've got some cool goblins on there as well, which is really goblins interesting. Are great. They are, if 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 these come in like a goblin team from Grebo in the future, that will be fantastic. Uh, someone in so someone in chat in the uh, on the comments here actually says. Um, Goblin team? Question mark. And they have said no goblin team for the time being. Ugh, I know, but I'm a big fan of those goblins. Uh, they they look like big noblars. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah. Actually, they look kind of like Pathfinder goblins. We're seeing That's a. It. I see mean, yeah. We're seeing a bit of a break here uh, from the Games Workshop copy, aren't we? Yeah. With these this orcs. is very unique, and I think that's a good direction to go in. It's strange timing with them and Willie like pretty much at exactly the same time doing Kickstarter so I'm, it, I imagine it's going to impact them both yeah I mean at least with Devortis, Miniatures and Punga doing uh, Kemri at least it was a month apart um, yeah but it yeah. did cross over and because I backed the Vortis one I didn't pick a whole team up from Punga I just went for the star players so right. they definitely having that timing it does hurt them the Blitzer have you seen the Blitzer so meaty. Oh, just love it. The armor is fantastic. The model looks absolutely brilliant. I, I just absolute that's this is going to be hard not to back just to get a few models for, you know. Yeah, if you love a good painting challenge as well, the Grubo models are they have a lot of detail. If you if you fancy a challenge, it's worth picking one up. Is that your Alastora and stuff? Yeah, yeah, there's a your, lot of them. Your... Yeah, a lot of like trim on them. Oh, absolutely fantastic. So that's Grubo Games. Keep an eye out for them. New team coming, um, Kickstarter-wise, I have no doubt. It even says on well, the top page there. Okay, fine. Kick, soon, kick, soon on Kickstarter. It says there's another picture here. Oh, no, it's just the uh, the cute animal ones. Right, uh, what do we got next? We've got Slave Hunters, Chaos Dwarf Fantasy Football Team. Uh, neither of you guys have got a Chaos Dwarf team yet, have you? No, I've been waiting for a good one. Mm, let's have a look and see if this one Could ticks be, yeah. the box. So this is a preview on Kickstarter. It's not live yet. It is. Uh, it's not live yet. It's Slave Hunters Chaos Dwarf Fantasy Football Team. Uh, redesign and innovation have arrived. Help us to show off this fantastic double team on the gaming tables around the world. They've got a target of five thousand human English. Uh, no, European 
human money and they've got 20 days they're set but we don't know when they're going live yet and it's uh let's have a look at the team uh so this is from dankai miniatures uh okay right have you guys had a look at these yeah they're quite um sort of the proportions are quite are quite odd aren't they like they um big legs and big feet they are stylized a lot of armor a lot of armor again yeah Yep, definitely a lot of armor, uh, a lot of feet. Yeah, it looks like uh, these guys are made out of uh, <laughs> uh, lost and found space marine um, parts. Yeah, uh, yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> They're quite sci-fi looking, aren't they? Uh, do you know what they do remind me of? Uh, I don't know if this is going to land. Uh, Ian might be not quite as young as me, and Ben, you might be just too young for your own good. Uh, do you remember Digimon? Of course. Digimon, digital monsters. They got this guy's got the face of a Digimon in my opinion, and see that. it's just got that kind of cartoony, angular look. Uh, they they kind of look like the Kings of War dwarves in some places, especially with the bull centaurs. Yeah, no, I, I do see that at all. Yeah, all right, okay, that. okay, guys, Minotaur, watch. What do you think to the Minotaur here? It's not the best Minotaur I've seen, but it's very chaos dwarf. I feel yeah. like it is the best miniature in this Kickstarter. Yes, yeah. I would agree. Uh, I don't like the Hobgoblin. Uh, no, they are stretchy Hobgoblins. This looks like um, if the Animaniacs did Blood Bowl. Uh, <laughs> if you guys remember that cartoon. Wow. Yeah. It, it's, it's not bad. It's well sculpted. Um, it is just quite stylized. And I think some people will love this team and they will get it and it will paint up brilliantly. Uh, but the hobgoblins look quite long and the dwarfs look quite small. I don't know. It's weird. They, they, I don't know. It depends on the actual size. Let's see if there is a size comparison here. Come on. Do they have the Wolverine guy? There we go. Okay. Uh, wow. The hobgoblins are lanky and the dwarves look quite small. Mm. They're very tall hobgoblins, aren't they? Very tall hobgoblins, taller than a human thrower. Mm -hmm. uh, by a probably this guy's hunched over, so probably by about a head. That makes it a big, uh, big miniature for Blood Bowl. And the dwarf actually looks a bit skinnier, uh, skinny legs. And we've got a bull centaur there as well. The bull centaur doesn't look too bad once printed. It's probably about the right size. Um, and you've got some social goals here with tokens. Uh, the trolls look quite interesting. But again, that's just uh, troll head and cannon arm. They've got a star player. All very stylized alternate heads there for the Chaos Dwarves. Chainsaw guy's pretty fun. He's a guy being sort of just desperately hanging on to a chainsaw <laughs> as it's driving across the ground. I do uh, quite like the um, the Pogoa and the jetpack. I assume would be like a <laughs> yeah. the, the jetpack looks brilliant. Uh, but apparently it's the actual Pogoa model. So the Pogoa either goes on the Pogo or the Rocket. Oh, yeah, that's what you mean. Uh, and there is a ball and chain that is a weird skateboard. Mm. <laughs> not sure what's going on there, but uh, I quite like it. Not sure what's going on there either. Okay, so what do we reckon to this Kickstarter? It, it's stylized. I, I say it's not the greatest Chaos Wolf team I've seen, but I, I do commend the skill that's gone into making it absolutely this isn't a team for me i do i am still on the lookout for a chaos dwarf team but uh 
I don't think this is the one. I do like the Minotaur. I think it's been well designed. I like the kind of gladiator kind of helmet to it. Um, yeah. But there is a, there is a lot of Minotaur miniatures out there, including the Fomeroid makes a decent Minotaur. No horns, but it doesn't necessarily Absolutely. need it. And there's a bunch of Minotaur miniatures. Um, yeah, probably not for me price-wise, though. More importantly, let's have a look and see what they're looking at at the moment. The early bird is going to be €60 Euros for a Minotaur, two Centaurs, six Chaos Dwarf Blockers, and seven Hobgoblins. So a full team. Uh, but there is a smaller one just for Dwarves, only Dwarves, at €45 Euros with just the Blockers and the Centaurs. So it seems like if you want to go and back this one, it will have to be the full team. And the early bird for 60 euros gets you a full Chaos Dwarf team for about the, uh, a little bit cheaper than you would normally pick up, yeah. uh, I think, for these. Yeah, uh, right, okay. News-wise, I think that's it that I've seen out there in the social world. Uh, have I missed anything, guys? No, I think I think that's it. There's, there's actually quite a lot for uh, this week. I'm pretty happy with that. I, I'm still... Waiting on more information for the Snotlings. Yeah, I know. We all are. <laughs> We're going so hard on that. Uh, yeah, the great news is that Games Workshop have uh, announced their first pre-orders again next weekend. Uh, so when this goes live, you'll be able to pre-order Games Workshop miniatures again, which means that every Sunday we're going to be hoping um, to see the Snotlings land. But the downside, the sad thing, is that... They've released their Twitch schedule for the next week and there's nothing there for Blood Bowl. They tend not to release uh, the teams of pre-order until they've had a Twitch session to show off the team's rules. Yeah, yeah so, it's a tradition. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're still a couple of weeks away at least. We're back to every Sunday being excited for something and then every Sunday night someone telling us to not be excited. That's the Blood Bowl life. <laughs> it is. That's the life of Blood Bowl fans. But hey, at least there are Sundays now. This is the yes. new golden era of Blood Bowl, and I'm quite happy to be here. Yeah, hashtag new normal. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. Uh, so the only other thing to mention is that we may have already announced details for our Fumble tournament. Uh, if we haven't announced it by the time this podcast comes out, then keep an eye on all of our social media and on the podcast channel itself for full information because we've got the Fumble uh, rules all set and working now so it's just about advertising and launching it so keep an ear out for that that'll be uh, basically a four week one game a week tournament uh to get some Brilliant. some secret and stunty teams but yeah more info to come uh but that wraps it up for news and let's go chill out and talk about what we've been building buying or literally printing in uh in our spare time all right it's hobby time so let's start with the new guy. Let's start with Ian Triplo, hobby-wise, because I'm assuming you've not been able to go to any tournaments or anything. Um, <laughs> what's, I did, uh... get a, did get a game of sevens in over the weekend. Oh, brilliant. Tell us about that. Yeah, I played my son. Uh, he, we had uh, undelf, un, 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 elves, undead first is orcs. That's Ian's next team, an... undead elves. Um, he took an orcs build with a troll and a goblin, mainly because he had a newly painted troll. Um, <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, it was a slow, brutal first half with a, a ghoul 
doing its best to run away at the end to score a defensive touchdown, but failing a dodge a dodge re-roll in both turns five and six. Um, and then I sneaked through a slow cage in the second half to take away a 1-0. One 1-0. Nil. One nil. So when you say you've got a brand new painted troll, uh, which, uh, which miniature have you used? Uh, that was the... Uh, oh, good grief. That was the, I think it's the Willy Miniature Troll, um, which I had a long time ago. It was the one I painted up for the uh, Wobble Painting Competition. Oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, I know the model. That's a good model. I, I like it. There we yeah, go. Yeah, just a little bit top-heavy, so you touch it wrong and it goes flying across the table. <laughs> Base weights. That's what we need. That's what you need for this big guy. He was suitably big guyish, so he spent half the game stupid and the rest half of the game sending my players to casualty box. Oh, I know that Ben's going to shout at me now, but I, I cannot stress how much I hate trolls at the moment. They are the worst players. Ben has this thing where he likes to spread the false propaganda <laughs> that trolls are bad players. <laughs> or else he gets strength 5 or 110k, Ben. Uh, I, I don't know if I want it when it only works half the time and it is literally half the time. It doesn't even matter how many friends you've got there. Really stupid is never bonehead. It is never bonehead and I don't understand why. It's Statistically, it's fine. Uh, but I got wrecked by my own trolls in Lockdown Bowl. I had three trolls and I was like, yeah, this will be fine. That means every two turns, a troll won't do something. No. No, no, no. Every turn, two trolls didn't do something because trolls are awful. <laughs> so you just got to get Ripper. He's a good one. Uh, Rip, good Ripper is amazing. And we spoke about him on Roster Rumble, didn't we, Ben? Yeah, we did. Oh, Ripper's great. Well, it turns out you can't throw a pogoer, so I think we may have made a bit of a mistake there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this pogoer was a magic pogoer. I did have right stuff. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Ian, love hearing that you're getting some sevens on the go. Um, oh, undead. Yeah. Orcs. With the troll build, that's I like that. That's chaotic. Yeah, that's fun. I, I wouldn't wouldn't recommend it because the troll having to have a player hang around for assists on sevens does cut down your options. Mm, that is a lot of players actually. I love trolls. I want to love trolls, uh, but it, I think it's just that my play my playing style doesn't work with them. I I like to activate my big guys, and trolls are the kind of big guy you only activate when you've got a really juicy block or you need the throw. I think. Yeah, the trolls the trolls are really dangerous when it's the other player's turn. Yeah. And they've not gone bonehead and, and then all oh, really stupid. Then they then they are real pitch dominators. Which I think makes the underworld troll so good because it can take tentacles or disturbing presence and just add that element. But also in sevens, you can't just you've got the troll's gotta to move to get into position. Um, you know, in 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 a full elevens, the troll can just stay on the line. All the trolls can just stay on the line, but in sevens there is no line. You have to go find it, and it's quite difficult with a troll when they're only movement four as well. But yeah, Ben is right. Ripper is amazing, um, and recommend it in in sevens if you've got a star sevens build. That's brilliant, Ben. Have you got any games of Blood Bowl in? It's okay if you haven't. Just interested. No, no, I'm never able to play much Blood Bowl. I'm afraid. So, um, what have you been up to instead then? Uh, I've been painting. We've got a new challenge um, issued in our local painting group. Oh, we have um, the Four Elements Wobble Challenge. Yes, so I, I'm embracing this. Um, I'm actually doing two elements. Um, I haven't really shown off any progress yet. I'm going to kind of just do a final release picture, I think. But it's going to be quite a big project. Mm. Um, 
Is it, is it two, two elements on one model, or is it two models? It is. It is two elements on one model. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. Oh, I'm excited to see that. I will have to share that on the the, the, uh, the podcast feed uh, when yeah. you get yours done there, Ben. <laughs> I look forward uh, to finishing that. And uh, I know you've got your 3D printer on the go, but nothing Blood Bowl just yet, I think. Is that right? No, I'm trying to find an excuse. I I feel the issue with it is I'm just trying to find things to print. So if anyone has a Blood Bowl related thing, then I'd love to print something Blood Bowl. You can't say this on air. You're going to get loads of requests oh, now. Yeah, no, actually, if anyone local <laughs> in the group. <laughs> we, get, we get like on the way to like hundreds and hundreds of downloads with these episodes. Yeah, uh, okay, maybe don't ask me for requests because <laughs> I've already up to my neck in them. So <laughs> No, it's cool. But uh, there is actually... I mean, there is actually a very cool uh, Blood Bowl-related Kickstarter that has landed. Is that right, Ian? Yep, yep. The Leprechauns are... are oh, in, half the team is in front of me now. me ready to be painted. I am so excited to see these guys. Um, have you printed the trees yet? I've printed one of the trees, and they are pretty damned amazing. <sighs> Fantastic. So this is the uh, the Leprechaun kickstarter for a dwarf slash halfling slash goblin team with leprechauns pretty much yeah there are there are so many different miniatures you can make a halfling a pro halfling a dwarf a goblin team out of it and still have some spare to play around with Ooh, a pro halfling team that's that is exciting um well, yeah, uh, not to drag drag in up to Manabor, you're right. Uh, Leprechaun Kickstarter. Let's see if I can find an image of this while we're talking. Uh, so Ian's been printing that, painting some guys, playing some sevens. Ben's been paint, printing and painting. Uh, what have I been doing? Have I been painting? Yeah, I finished my uh, my giant. That was cool. I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, have you shown a video of that? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, I made a music video because that apparently is what I do now. <laughs> um <laughs> right i've got i've got the uh the leprechaun kickstarter on screen no use to you listening to the podcast as it is a podcast but those on youtube uh, can be refreshed by these cartoony delights and the treeman with the fancy trees and things i'm just really excited ian did you get the terrain version of this I've done a whole lot, so I think it's only like ninety oh. odd files of stuff there you go. So, uh, ben there's some blood bowl stuff you can print <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Someone's over the files, get you a tree. I'll, I'll, I'll send you over some. I've got to print myself a beer mug. I think classic. Uh, that is a very those, uh, toxic plastic as you drink your. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. Uh, yeah, I finished my giant, and I finished well, finished almost painting my elemental. Uh, model and no, I'm not too fussed about spoilers for the group. It is a giant uh, air elemental because in the lockdown bowl, uh, my co-commentator Matt BBL, uh, give him a follow on on Twitch and YouTube. He um, he was running an elemental team, and the elemental team from Fumble is really interesting. You choose one of the elements, and you get a big guy of that element type, and then there's four different linemen. And you get 0 to 16 of your main type and 0 to 2 of the others. So uh, he went with air elementals. And it's because the air elementals are 7337 diving catch leap very long legs. And they're 60k each. So they're they're kind of like slightly more fragile slan. 
uh, but they've come with diving catch and their big guy is a monster he's uh, he's uh, strength five edge three and he comes with pass and hail mary pass so Ooh. it's really interesting so i've built that guy and i'm on the lookout now for smaller elemental models so if you guys are listening and you've got any ideas then let me know because i'd love to take that uh, that team to the tabletop um because playing a lockdown bowl i got four three games in with the snotlings i got my fourth game uh, on tuesday so if you're listening to this after then which you will be because i don't think i'll be able to edit it that quickly uh you can go back and watch uh, my me fail with my snotling team um abysmally but the secret teams have been so much fun in there. You know, the ethereal team has been having a great time. Uh, the rugby team, the Four Nations team has been amazing. The Nippon team, so cool. Skink team at the moment is going to be playing Dark Elves for the win of the tournament, which is very exciting and very topical given our episode this week. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, so I'm happy to have painted that. I don't know if I can find the other models, but if I can, then Elemental team will have to get to the tabletop somehow. So, had some painting. Yeah, like some ridiculous play against you as well. That just made me laugh. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot. Yeah, so I was playing uh, Rob's Ogre Kingdom team from the Secret League with my Snotling team from the Stunty League. And I can't remember, it's one all, I think. I managed to do some cheeky Snotling stuff. I haven't managed to score with the Pump Wagon yet. I nearly did, but the Pump Wagons just get blown up every time. It's, it's brutal. Uh <laughs> And um, there was, I made a play for the ball for the win, right? And somehow an ogre, and on the ogre kingdoms, there is a lead belcher. Uh, okay. I think it's called a bull belcher, which is a, an ogre with a cannon. All right, fair enough. Uh, so he's got Hail Mary Pass. So this ogre somehow wanders over to the ball, gets a couple of dodges, gets a couple of go for it. Hail Mary passes it all the way down the pitch, and it scatters and lands on one of his own players, who then catches it and runs it in for a turn eight touchdown. It was That's ridiculous. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it was so funny. Um, the game's on YouTube, and I think it's a highlight on Twitch as well. It, it definitely, definitely watch. It's just ridiculous, and it was such a great game. Um, I nearly got a draw with my Snotling team, but uh, uh, that's that's a heck of a way to get robbed, and I'm very happy with that. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, Actually, probably a good uh, time to mention this. Um, streaming on Sundays, streaming on Tuesdays from 7 o'clock. So uh, come and have a look at the po- po- Bonehead Podcast on Twitch. Um, just play Blood Bowl 2, Fumble, have a great time. And also uh, have a look at the replays on our YouTube channel. We've just gone over a 1,000 subscribers, so we get to do community posts now, which is very exciting. So, yeah, come and uh, give us a follow. It'd be great. It's great to support the channel. Uh, right, guys, anything hobby-related you want to mention before we move on? I think so. Ah, okay. Well, I've been jamming a ton of Dark Elf games in ready for this episode. It's been great fun. Uh, and... Uh, I think it's probably time to put that study to use. So, here we go, Dark Hells. There are good elves, there are dark elves, there are fancy wood elves, and then there are the elves that should have mohawks but don't have mohawks anymore, but they are seven feet tall. We're going to be talking about the purple, stabby, spiky, psycho elves, uh, the cane boys the dark elf team ian triplo's favorite team i've decided or favorite race even if the dark elf team is not your favorite the dark elf uh shoot shoot offs from the secret team uh from the secret league team oh, to yeah. take a fancy the canite and the witch elf team 
Um, but it's all all about Dark Elves. So this is going to be our bonehead basics uh, for Dark Elves. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about some builds, we're going to talk about the players, and we're going to talk about the skills that you want to take. Um, and then we'll take a quick break, and then we'll go into inducements, what they have, and what you are likely to be able to take. So we shall go to the roster. And we're going to go through the positionals one by one, talk about skills, talk about the plan here. So we're going to start with the linemen here, guys. Um, Dark Elf linemen, 70k, movement 6, strength 3, agility 4, armor 8, no skills, general agility on a normal, and strength and passing on a double. So, what do you do with the linemen? How good are the linemen? What do you do with the linemen? He's got armor 8 and agility 4. They can fill so many roles, so many roles, but you do have to work on the basis that even though they're armor 8, these guys are going to die. It's yeah. it's the it's the position, isn't it? It's the role of the lineman is to put three of them on a line and uh, take a bit of a beating. And yes, you're quite right. They do die. Uh, in my experience, normally when you get them kick. So let's talk skills. So what have you guys found to be effective on Dark Elf linemen? Uh, well, if you get a double guard, if you get a double guard, simple as that. <laughs> um, but... Yeah. Um, uh, if you can, if you can get them to survive, you can make them into a blodger pretty easily, and then, then you've almost got a star player hidden in your lineman. Well, yeah, then you've got another blitzer, haven't you? And uh, we're going to get to those players. I think they're they're probably top five players in the game, the dark elf blitzers. So linemen, um, yes, I think Ian, you kind of alluded to it there. Uh, if you can get them guard, if you can get them some combat skills, then having them on the line is not too terrible a place to be because they are armor eight and strength three. They're not soft. They're average, which when you're an elf player feels amazing. Um, uh, so it really depends on your, your level ups. Um, so we're going to talk through league here. We'll talk through skills for tournament builds afterwards. But generally speaking, in league with linemen, if you get a, a, a role, if you get double guard, because that's going to make your line stronger. And if you get a normal, there's a lot to choose from. And it really, I think these guys, like you said, is probably the most versatile player in the game because it can be whatever your team needs. If you've already got a bunch of guys with block, maybe you don't take block on this guy. Maybe you take kick and allow you to position the ball better. Maybe you take... I don't know. I don't think I would take dodge on the lineman unless I already had block on one. What do you think to that? Oh, I, I, I would take dodge. I mean, it's probably more the way you play with Dark Elves, but if you can keep Dark Elves out of base contact and standing up, you are a defensive nightmare to play against. Yeah, continually dodging one square back just on the, you know, stopping them from advancing. Having dodge allows you to do that so easily. Yeah, You're waiting, waiting for your opponent to make a mistake and ball yeah. is on the ground and boom. That is something I've absolutely loved with Dark Elves. And I think and I think that's why I'm, I'm such a big fan of taking kick on my first Dark Elf lineman that gets it. Because it makes the rest of your team play better. Uh... There is another angle here, so it depends on your build. So Dark Elf teams tend to be expensive. You tend to be able to start with only two re-rolls. If, even if you've got a runner and you roll a double on your lineman, Ian, what, what's your thought process in taking leader on a lineman instead of guard? Um, I think you find he's going to be a player that dies quite quickly. 
Um, and you're going to love and lose that re-roll quite quickly. So uh, the temptation of not taking guard, I just I would never find it because you give a couple of these guys guard and all of a sudden you can keep the rest of your team alive. And Dark Elves, when they start skilling up, are an absolute nightmare. So you just got to keep a few of them on the pitch. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty reasonable. Are there any skills you wouldn't want to take on an Elf Lineman? On a dark elf lineman. If you're playing an ad agile league, then tackle is actually quite a good skill for these guys. Oh gosh, tackle! I played against an elf union team with tackle uh, on their blitzers. I think at least one, maybe even two. It was awful because at that point, my uh, my block, my blitzers had dodge. Uh, I think the runner had dodge. I think the assassins had dodge. A uh, bit of a spoiler alert here: dodge is pretty amazing for the purple elves, and. Uh, I just kept getting wrecked by the blitzers with tackle. I'm just, what the heck? So yes, tackle is definitely something to consider. It will nerf your dodge. It will be useful for you. Um, but let's 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 talk through the more exciting roles. Uh, do you take armor up on a dark elf lineman? Probably not. No. No. Okay. Do you take agility? Uh, all day. All day long. I've got an agility five lineman, and he is now just every positional imaginable. Uh, really, really sweet. What about uh, movement and strength? What are your thoughts on those as a as a dark elf lineman? Movement, I'm not sure I'd be fast about, but strength, yeah, you, you're gonna struggle to get a strengthful player anywhere else on this pitch without a strength up. So, yeah, definitely. I love strength on any player, really. Um, movement seven is not a massive boon, uh, so it really depends. If your lineman's already got a couple of skills and he's already a blodger, then yeah, why not take that extra movement and make him a, another blitzer? It does cost a lot, but it's never a bad positional. But otherwise, the skills starting with block, starting with dodge, depending on how the rest of your team looks and how you play dark elves, like Ian said, you want kind of want to. You can the good thing about dark elves is you can switch from bash and dash real quick. I think depending on your uh, your matchup. So you get yeah, it depends on the opponent. Yeah, it does. So you can want to disengage. So if you've got dodge, it keeps your guys from dying, and it means you'll be able to escape better. Uh, but if you want to pile on the pressure, taking block um, or guard and leaving your guys on the line, definitely not bad either. So the the dark elf lineman is a really great player. Uh, definitely in the running for top line, one of the top linemen positionals in the game. Uh, that armor eight keeps them alive for longer than you would imagine. And uh, with a couple of skills, they become a really great positional. Um, the, I think the downside, if you can call it a downside, is with a Dark Elf team, you tend to have six linemen and a bunch of positionals. Over time, your linemen level up and they become positionals in their own and you end up with, you don't have three guys you want to put on the line. <laughs> That one's too good. What a, yeah, what a like, terrible problem. I don't, I don't want to put the edge five guy on the line. I don't want to put my kicker yeah. on the line. You know, it's really tough. Uh, unless you get loners, which have been pretty useful for me. So that... uh, I find you've got a lot of armor seven elsewhere, so you tend to have a journeyman or two who could be offered up to the uh, line of scrimmage gods. <laughs> to the scrimmage gods. I love it. Okay, next positional is a bit of an interesting one for Dark Elves. It's the runner. So Dark Elves are all about the run. They do not have a direct passing game. They do not have a classic thrower. Uh, this guy is 80k, 7347, so plus one movement, minus one armor versus alignment, and one of the most interesting uh, skills in the game in dump off. 
they get gap access, uh, general agility and passing on singles and strength on doubles. Uh, Ian, what's your experience with the Dark Elf Runner? Oh, I love a Dark Elf Runner. Um, <laughs> and particularly in sevens. In sevens, they are a nightmare to play against uh, and a joy to play with with dump off because you just it's hard to get the ball if someone's popping it out just before you blitz in on that ball carrier that is true i had the pleasure of running uh my dark elf runner in the same team as a skaven gutter runner uh and yeah dump off to a gutter was pretty awesome but in actual dark elf games uh being able to just three plus past that ball to somebody else who's right next to you really is really really advantageous it will save your drive uh multiple times and we saw it in the lockdown bowl because the um the four nations team is everybody's got nerves of steel and dump off so you just cannot you cannot sack the ball it's incredible and you kind of get that feeling with the runners here so uh level up wise what's what's good on the dark elf runner uh, well, if you can get nerves of steel on him, that's a, that's going to make such a difference on to not putting the ball on the ground by accident. Nerves helps, uh, and it does give you a little bit of. It creates him. It creates that player into a bit more of a, a passer, a, a bit more of a thrower at that point. Not just for dump off, but actually a runner with movement seven can then run into loads of tackle zones and just jump over and chuck the ball to wherever he wants it to go. On a similar vein, would you consider safe throw? Because that way you don't fumble it on anything but a one. So even if like you might not be able to make a good pass, but you, your fumble chances are less likely. So if they mob you with guys before you get the dump off blitz, you just throw it somewhere that sucks for them. Um, that isn't bad, but I think I think nerves uh, is a bit better at that point. Yeah, probably. I, think, I know you love safe throw. I do, yeah. Um, this is my high-off talking, because that's all I can relate with them. <laughs> I don't know. They're very similar teams. Uh, I'm not supposed to say that out loud, but the linemen <laughs> and the blitzers are essentially the same, aren't they? It's yeah. just the rest of them that are different. And the runner here is is a soft player. So downsides of the runner, armor 7. And because you've got dump off on them, you don't mind them being hit so much, although you really should. I don't know if that's just me, Ian, but how... <laughs> I'll, I would trade. I'd trade a runner for a touchdown, any game. And with dump off, you're often doing it. You will often leave him slightly exposed, That's so a... that someone will try and blitz him in. You dump the ball off to the person who should have it. Your runner's crying on the pitch while you <laughs> run off for the touchdown. Okay, so because of that. You, you kind of think in most teams the thrower is a uh, sure thing to get um leader to get you that extra reroll the dark elf runner uh, this is why i considered taking a leader on a double with a lineman it's because that armor eight makes that leader reroll more survivable where the runner is in the action um the runner is the kind of quarterback that gets injured this is uh it, well like you've said so while you can and when it comes to tournament builds especially for something like sevens if you have a to that doesn't hate fun and uh, Ben's leader, Ben. Uh, you can um, you can use that that single skill to get you the extra to get you the reroll on the runner. But in a league, the runners just seem to get other skills. So first skill up, uh, I've gone with dodge for the runners because I just love being able to disengage and I love being able to yeah. uh, not get splatted on the ground. 
yeah, it makes, makes a difference. Because even if you are dumping the ball off, you're still going to get hit. You yeah. can use dodge as a defensive skill there. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, I have regularly, um, if the runner gets blitzed, try the dump off. I have yet to fail at dumps off, which is which is really good. Uh, and then hopefully the dodge keeps your guy from dying, um, which is quite helpful. I'm not too fussed about block on the runner. I mean, having armor... Seven means getting in the brawl is not brilliant. Uh, having our movement seven makes him quite an effective blitzer, but generally speaking, the Dark Elf team has got a bunch of other offensive players. So your runner is is a weird one. It's your ball carrier. Um, would you consider sure hands? Maybe. I'd probably go kick off return first because it allows you to put a quite an aggressive lineup up and guarantee this guy is going to get the ball. Yeah, kickoff return is pretty good. He's already movement seven. Having those extra three squares will save you half a turn's worth of movement. Uh, what other skills are good for the runner? So we've talked through nerves, which makes him a bit of a passer and kind of helps him with dump off. Uh, we talked about dodge, keeping him alive. Um, let's talk. Let's talk stats because I've got a story for you. So let's start. Would you give him armor eight? Probably for survivability, but I'm not sure. Not sure. I don't know. I uh, Yes, you've got an opportunity there at keeping him alive for a longer period of time and accruing more and more and more skills, but I'd rather just have an effective player now and uh, let him die and just replace him, um, which is, again, probably a horrible thing to say. <laughs> it's very dark elf. <laughs> it is so yeah. dark elf. It's, it just absolutely drives you. Hey, you get this with goblins, don't you? We're like, I don't care what yeah. happens to any of these people. You get it with ogres. I'm just going to throw my guys at your people to hurt your people. And dark elves, you're like, he's replaceable. Um, it's like the worst. It's the worst. Uh, so armor eight, the maybe not. The more you not. like a player, the more he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just find you put kick on a guy, he's going to die. That's oh, my yeah. Skaven experience. So uh, armor eight, maybe movement eight. Yes, please. Mm, I'm not sure I put extra movement on him because you're generally not having this guy out on his own. Uh... I've found that having that eight movement on a player uh, just makes the backfield so, so small. You only have to move a, a cage, a side cage. If you're going to go for the launch pad technique, you only have to get it five squares up the pitch. Uh, that's yep. that's one turn of movement with your lineman, and then boom, the runner breaks out straight away. Probably has to take a blitz. These guys are strength three; they do blitz pretty well. Like, do not be afraid to blitz with these guys. Um, having block helps definitely. Having dodge helps even more to try and just avoid having to blitz. But if you get a two die blitz with these guys and their movement eight, just absolutely flying up the pitch, uh, definitely worth considering. Uh, strength four, why not? I mean, it's not ideal for this positional. I probably wouldn't take the strength. I, I, he needs the skill more than he needs strength. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could ever resist uh, a strength. But I tell you what is good. Extra agility on these guys. Oh, definitely. Movement Extra seven. Agility on any dark elf. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> on any player, almost. Uh, and, the, and this is my story. I, I, spoiler alert. Only way to get to agility six is by becoming agility five. <laughs> Proverb. Uh, honestly, I have got an agility six runner on my dark elf team. Ooh. I've not actually had a chance to use him since he got his extra agility. Uh, I'll probably get that game in Tuesday night, but 
I don't even know what to do with agility six, but chat kind of were like, you've got to take agility here. So I did. Yeah. Um, I know there's a kind of like a law of diminishing returns when you get to agility six in that it's not a huge amount different to five, but it just feels great. Dodge what you like. <laughs> just yeah. for, forever. Yeah. And that's it. This guy is now just, just, he's just a ghost. Uh, the guy's awesome. It's it's horrible. You're snotling with that. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> better than a snotling because he can punch yeah. things and not explode. Um, <laughs> so normally, I think you guys probably bam me up on this. The tactic with the runner is uh, he's your primary ball carrier. He picks up the ball, he moves up, you cage him with your other players. He then it dumps off if they get a good attack on him, or he breaks out himself, or he breaks out and hands it off to another player, and you go for the stretch play. Uh, it's easy enough to score in two, three turns with dark elves. The runner is a key piece. You can, however, go without him. The only benefit from a runner from the start is you're paying 10k for an extra square of movement. And um, <clears throat> that's not a bad thing. If you can't buy a runner, don't worry too much, in my opinion. Yeah, you can always put him into the squad later. I've struggled to get him into a starting build that's not going to lead you into troubles in two or three games. Uh, yeah. That's fair enough. So runners are quite good, uh, but they are not ubiquitous. You can do without them, and um, it's okay. And talking of players you can do without, it's the assassin. So uh, I have been um, I've been quoted as saying that these players are garbage, and I don't know why people run them. Uh, Rich built his tree dark elf team and then got assassins and I was like what are you doing they're they're atrocious players so I set upon a quest uh, and the quest was to take a um, weak dark elf build uh, 2 2 1 build I'm calling it two assassins two blitzers and a runner with two rerolls uh, to run those assassins to just get the extra opportunity to try them out so I can find out how great they are, if they are, if they can be good. Uh, and um, I had a great time. They are not as good as Blitzers and they are not as good as Witch Elves. And I'm not sure I can really recommend them, but they are good fun. Ian, Ben, have you guys had any experiences with or against assassins? I, I've so, rarely seen assassins. But yeah, just, just someone who's... I've not played Dark Elves myself, but I've been up against them, and you don't see them as often, that's for sure. Definitely not. Ian, what do you think? Well, I think that the reason you probably don't see them is they're not in the box. So um, most people won't play with them if they play with the GW miniatures. Yeah. That is um, a very valid point, actually. They don't come in the box. You have to go to Forge World. I don't think Forge World is up yet, is it? No. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at Forge World while we talk about assassins. Um, so the assassin is uh, you can so take the assassin's got he's got two skills that both can fail far too often. Oh, and they fail all the flipping time. So nor to two yeah. assassins, ninety thousand, so twenty k more than your lineman. Uh, six movement, three strength, four agility, exactly the same as your lineman. Armor 7, so worse armor than your lineman. And those two skills that Ian alluded to are shadowing and stab. Uh, we get general and agility access on a normal and strength and passing on a double. So the idea of the assassins is they follow people around and stab murder them. However, most armor is 7, which means you need to roll an 8+, plus, which is a 44% chance of success against a rubbish lineman. Most linemen are armor 8 which makes that success rate even less and shadowing just i'm i'm not even sure it works 
it's yeah, interesting having a movement six player with shadowing yeah you want a movement seven player with shadowing and the the secret dark elf team they've got a bit more movement and you've got a lot of shadowing and a lot of stab so therefore when it fails it's not the one player that it's failed on but yeah these guys for 90k you play you're paying for a worse lineman with skills that are just going to wind you up <laughs> that's very fair and that is what i found when i bought two of those <clears throat> and ran them instead of blitzers um let me tell you though they are great fun against halflings yeah well, you can get the stabs off I bet. oh it's just it's just not fair like it's 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 incredibly good fun uh so i ran these two and uh, very first game one of them literally died uh, in the second game, one of them got a niggling injury. I had to pay and I replaced the assassin and bought another one. Uh, then things started getting good. So the downside of Blood Bowl 2 uh, is that multiple block does not work with stab on Blood Bowl 2. Uh, yeah, I've heard this before. Oh, man. Fortunately, chat saved me because I got really excited about multiple block with stab because I've used it in Stunty League. Uh, one of the special characters has got it. I know that... Um, I think Milton tried it out with his ethereal team as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, It can be great, but let me tell you another skill that works brilliantly with Stab. It is Frenzy. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever come across this. Now, it does not let you stab twice. That is very sad. And if you stab at any point, your move ends, okay? Yeah. But what it does mean is that you can have an assassin that can take a profitable block if you want... So if you can get a two-die block with the Assassin, roll the two-die block, take the push, follow up, then stab anyway. It's like a double threat move. Uh, it makes them really effective blitzers. Which That's I, good, so that you're not trapped in that position where you follow up into a friend and you have to make that second block and you it's going to be bad. Exactly. You can Brilliant. take that one-die frenzy block, get a push, end up in the cage, just stab them down anyway. Uh, I yeah. mean, or... If you don't want to take the frenzy, you just go straight for the stab. Um, I've actually been really impressed with with frenzy on this, and I actually I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but if I was going to be running a dark elf team, I would be looking to to earlyish on take an assassin and get it frenzy. Uh, and I think it's useful, and I think it would work really well in a tournament build um, against a lot of the because right everyone hates blodge right tournaments you get blodge whether it's the tiny people they've got dodge you know blooming dark elf coaches taking dodge on all their light of blitzers and blah, just awful uh well just run in if you got a good block have a crack if you follow up and you get another good block knock yourself out uh and then if you don't like it just 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 try a stab it, you might get it uh i'm really impressed not optimal gameplay by any stretch of the imagination but not terrible gameplay. It's not bad odds. I I think I'm probably overselling this here, but yeah. Frenzy stab. And the star player points to level him up, though. That's the issue. Couple of touchdowns. Job done. Couple of touchdowns. Uh, it's easy with Dark Elves. This guy's movement six, edge four. Like, they're going to get around. You just cage. You just make sure that your assassin gets the touchdown. Uh, or a completion, and then chuck him forward for MVP. This is a, this is Edge Four player here can do stuff, and They're then all Edge Four players. <laughs> that's it. But that's my point. Is he? It's not like this is like 
um, your Black Orc, where trying to or a Saurus trying to get an SPP is really difficult. With an Ange four player, it's an absolute doddle to get the first skill. It's <laughs> it's normally tricky to keep them alive to get their second, uh, but getting the first skill not too hard. You roll the level up, you might get something fun. So let's talk through something fun for assassins. Do you take armor rate on an assassin? I think Ian's still mulling over the concept of taking an assassin. Yeah. First place. <laughs> There's only one skill up you want with an assassin. You want a movement skill up. Do uh, right. So, as then, yeah. Movement seven. Shadowing actually starts working. That is very fair, actually. Movement seven on the assassins does make them feel really good players. Um, if you can't get that, I I wouldn't. I will never turn down strength. Uh, I like the idea of a strength for assassin because you can leave them on the line. You can leave them in contact. We'll, we'll come round to the very, very, very big downside of the assassin in a moment. I like strength four. I love edge five on anybody everywhere ever because it's just awesome. Then you give him leap and he just leaps in and stabs stuff. That's, that's just that's fun. Um, I think it was very long till he said leap and stab. <laughs> leap stab is fun. Uh, but armor eight is not it it's not going to make your assassins more effective these guys do not last they die and the reason they die is stab you need to have them next door um and either you deploy them on the line risk being punched or you position you take the stab and then your opponent is going to get a block back and that is why i like dodge if you can't swing an exciting stat up dodge is i think a really good skill for assassins um, if you don't want to go the super murder frenzy route. It, yeah, that's fair. Because they're going to get blocked. Uh, mm -hmm. Dodge is minus one to hit, essentially, because it just gets rid of that, that push result. So, yeah, getting dodge is not bad. Sidestep is good as well. It's risky. Um, there are definitely some skills you can take to give your assassins an edge. I just wish that they had been... Uh, boosted ever so slightly either with movement seven or with dodge integral to them yeah i think if, if it was movement seven as a baseline that would completely change the the use of these guys yeah then but you'd have move, movement six and shadowing it's just it's it's a skill by name only yeah i like though that uh, the dark elf roster does have a suboptimal player I, I really like that i think it's exciting yeah uh and it adds a bit of a fun element so assassins uh use with caution i think is probably the best way <laughs> to say if you've got the extra cash and it's a tournament go for it um because you know what yeah there's one armor less but still a very very functional player uh just a pro elf lineman with the ability to sometimes murder things oh guys i, I stabbed puggy so many times uh it was great fun the, the cutscene on Blood Bowl 2 of your assassin just stabbing stuff is just so satisfying. And when you're running two and deploying them on the line and just going to town, uh, yeah, <laughs> Kane is the god of murder and uh, that is definitely a way to play. So, uh, talking of murder, the best way to murder things is the Blitzers. So, Dark Elf Blitzers, 0 to 4, 100,000, quite pricey. Uh, movement 7, though. Strength 3, Agility 4 and Armor 8, and these bad boys come with block. These are human blitzers uh, with agility for 10,000. 
Yeah, I think this is where the Dark Elves shine above other Elves, is they can take four Blitzes, can't they? Four Blitzes. They get general oh, yeah. and agility. So like Ian alluded, alluded to, dodge straight away with these guys, makes them blodgers, and uh, that's 120k for a, for a blodger here with Edge 4. That, they become absolutely phenomenal. Um, phenomenal pl players at that point. I mean... Where else? Where else do you go with the blitzers, and what do you use them for, Ian? Well, because you've got so many good positionals. If we leave the assassin aside, <laughs> you you can really use your blitzers as both an offensive player and a defensive player. So, I like the idea of of trying to style two for each each way. Um, you want two to try and knock the ball out, and you want two to make sure that anyone who gets through your line really regrets it. So you're looking at tackle and strip ball, depending on which way you want to go. Um, maybe mighty blow. blow. Um, I've actually got jump up on one of my blitzers in the league, and that's a real pain for the opposition because you run in with him and he charges around, he blodges in. Even if he goes down, he's up and causing chaos next turn. Yeah, because jump up with movement seven, uh, is it, it becomes a movement ten piece, and that's just mighty as all get out. So double there, Ian. You mentioned mighty blow guard as well, maybe. Uh, guard. I think I've got guard on one of the other blitzers, which is quite handy for. Uh, uh, frenzy pieces getting a bit lost okay so you're exactly right there you've got four of them you therefore get the ability to level them up differently and create a bit of a toolbox and having a guard player is just going to make the rest of your team more efficient you're going to be able to help the witch elves out which we're going to come to and, and obviously it, it's really helpful for your frenzy assassin uh which is now a plus s tier dark elf tactics um and, yeah. and these guys are a guard as well because they are not going to be dancing around on the sidelines. They are going to be in the thick of it because they are by far and away your most aggressive in-your-face player. Uh, they, um, everybody they do. else you might want to pull out, but yeah, yeah. They do good the work. So let's talk tactics for a second. Do you ever, de or let me rephrase, when do you deploy Dark Elf Blitzers on the line? I like deploying them on the sideline in the wide zones. Okay. Because you, you put a couple up towards the line of scrimmage or on the line of scrimmage and another one behind it, and that you're almost forcing a funnel down the middle, um, or someone's going to be really risky and go up against lots of blitzers down the sideline. And mm. They've got the movement and the agility then to envelop in the centre. Uh, ben, yeah. have, you, have you ever had the pleasure of playing against blitzers, uh, Dark Elves? Uh, yeah, blitzers. I remember early on in the league with my high, it was a game against Rick where he really swamped me um, with Dark Elves and having the extra two blitzers on the team makes a huge difference in their aggressive, like the aggressiveness. You can, yeah. Dark Elves tend to play a lot more aggressive than other elf teams and that's probably due to the blitzers. I, one out, out of position and you've still got three more. Yeah. yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah, it is. It is. They are so, so, so much fun, and nothing is more fun than rolling statistic up, uh, statistic increases. So, do you take armor? If you take armor on a blitzer, then he's going to become very popular. But you may be then looking at skill four and maybe skill five, and at that point, he's a god on the blood bowl pitch. 
Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, so agility up, surely that's a no-brainer. Oh, every day. But if you give him an agility up, then no one else is ever getting the ball. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, then you can look at things like leap or dodge to be able to get him into uh, and become a really prominent ball sacker as yeah. well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Strength four, I'm going to assume we're all over that as well. Yeah. A strength four blitzer is, yeah, it's going to make even playing up against that big orc build a bit more fun. At that point, he just becomes a fast vampire with no downside. That's just tasty. Uh, right, what do you think about, what do you both think about movement eight on the blitzers here? Yes. I'd I take it, absolutely. Yeah. I've got like you say with the launch pad thing, he's he's there. He's just going to be scoring for days. Movement eight is the sweet spot, and I've got two movement eight blitzers on my dark elf stream team. Uh, it's just great, man. Like movement eight just feels like a free roll. It just they, there's nowhere they can't go, and they've both got dodge now as well. So they're just they're just they're just everything players. Like it's incredible. You can score with them. You can kill stuff with them. You can run with them. Uh, they're just everywhere all at once and I, they are in my opinion definitely top five player type is the dark elf blitzer oh yeah as soon as they get dodge on you can have these guys engaged in a scrum and they can still pop out and either get the ball if it's gone out the back or or knock someone down if they've run off they just are so versatile and so dark elfly mean about it <laughs> they can pop out and that dodge just helps them keep them alive because then you're just natural powering them and it becomes real difficult it increases their survivability and their maneuverability dodge is a no-brainer I, I i think i'd be hard pressed to take dodge over guard um unless i've already got two dark elf blitzers with dodge already mm, actually that's not fair because you've got four if you do roll a double on any of your blitzer any of your blitzers, you just that one becomes the guard guy. That guy gets guard. Yeah. Then he gets mighty blow or sidestep to just really ruin everybody's day, and he becomes your line, your big guy on the line. So, dark elf blitzers. I said it on the stream. Spoiler alert: dodge on a dark elf blitzer is 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 amazing. And when the bar is that low for this player type, other roles just really make them exciting. And uh, like the hardest thing with the Dark Elf Blitzers is when, when you're doing well, when you're trying to work out which one of them is going to score next, and you've just got to line them up right. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they are SPP hogs in all the best way. That's one thing I found about the Dark Elf team is you do kind of have quite a lot of control about SPP. As long as you're aware of who's where, you can spend one turn to maneuver your team around to get the right person the touchdown. Um, that's what I've found, and that's why I'm probably not that scared of taking an assassin to try and get them that skill up, because actually I've never found it too difficult to get a little bit of SPP on a player. Uh, and some of these players really need SPPs, and some of these players really need skills, and personally, one of the players I think really needs that one skill to make them shine is the Witch Elf, and we've got 0-2 to two on this team, 110,000. That's the most expensive player on this roster. 7347, so we're just looking at an assassin here, guys, with one extra movement. We're looking at a runner, 7347. We're looking at a uh, Skaven lineman with an edge boost. Uh, but this player also comes with dodge and frenzy and jump up. Talk to me about Witch Elves. Oh, I... I... 
I would never play if you took witch elves off the dark elf team. I think I'd stop playing them. I love me and that witch elf. Really? Uh, they are. They are just. Oh, they are so much fun. They just. They can score. They can uh, take out a, a player. They. They give you all the fun of frenzy without having to worry about a massive load of people have frenzy. So, corn's great, but yeah, everybody's wandering around. This is just one person, and you can set your pieces up to frenzy advantageously. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the witch elves. I think the blitzers just blow them out of the water, the player types, and your witch elf becomes and feels like a special player element of your team. They're really like you, you because they're armor seven and because your line elves tend to die, I find it really difficult to get to a position where I can buy a second witch elf. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I'd buy a second one because you're probably spending a lot. I spend a lot of time using one witch elf and therefore sucking up two linemen to look after the witch elf. If you if you try to do that with more than one person player, you're spreading your team a bit thin is it like having two players with horns on the on the team you, you, you kind of want to use the witch elf to blitz because they've got that frenzy striking ability um i find myself always wanting to blitz with the witch elf where i can because of that frenzy double block uh, oh, yeah. uh, now let's talk about them so they've got dodge so they do have a little bit of inbuilt survivability and jump up will keep them in the game it means they can stand up and on a three no just on a two plus they can stand up and then frenzy block whoever they're in combat with whoever they're in base contact with that is a huge skill and must not be overlooked because of the way jump up works jump up and frenzy means that even if they're on the ground they get to attack uh, just unless they roll a one then they stay on the ground you know without making you without using the blitz action so in that regard, they can be extra useful, um, but they really start to shine, in my opinion, when you get block on them. Oh yeah, you get block on a, a, a witch elf, and yeah, that's a scary piece. I think that's the key here with the witch elves and with the dark elf blitzers. They are only one skill away from being really good. Yeah. Uh, witch elf. Yeah, put a witch elf in the middle of the pitch and you have made the pitch four squares thinner because <laughs> no one is going near the sideline. <laughs> that is really true. And if you've got one witch elf and four blitzers, you've got a lot of striking power. And any one of those players can do a, a lot of damage, uh, which is really, I think, why dark elves are so so good is because they, they're, they're defensive ability is really key so let's talk stats uh armor eight on a witch elf is that a waste of a level up so i if you've got a blodging witch elf you can get away with even less i've got um uh, an edge boosted armor six witch elf <laughs> but because she's a blodger we, ne we never get round to the armor rolling stage oh, that is uh that, ben that sounds tempting right uh, yeah, I think was this the same witch elf that caused me problems against my siege team? That that was the the same one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the one that she adds boosted. Yeah, she edged up thanks to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that witch elf. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, props there for keeping the uh, the armor six on. I like it. Um, agility five, strength four, movement eight. What's your pick? Uh, well, agility five straight off. Yep, absolutely. Um, my, as I said, my witch elf's got agility five, and she is 
at two touchdowns a game because you you give her the ball in a cage and she can blitz frenzy out of it, of the cage and yeah dodging off and goodbye are you looking to get that player leap in the future or does she not need it uh she i don't think she needs it at the moment but uh uh, let's let's see uh, when we get back to play and uh, how many more touchdowns she can run in. So I suppose the real question is, she's armor six. If you do get a level up for armor, are you taking it at this point? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd take it at this point just because I've got quite attached to her <laughs> and because uh, everybody else has uh, got quite attached to seeing her on the ground. <laughs> okay, Ben, as a neutral bystander here, uh, Adj 5 Witch Elf, Adj 5 Gutter Runner, you get one foul with a chainsaw. Who do you go for? The gutter. Oh, the gutter. Disgraceful. <laughs> I think the movement's more of a threat than frenzy, just because frenzy usually takes they take themselves up. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. You're probably right there. You're probably <laughs> right there. Okay, so that wraps up each of the positionals on the Dark Elf team. Um, I mean, we kind of haven't finished, I suppose, with the Witch Elf, but it goes without saying that Mighty Blow is great because they've got Frenzy, Strip Ball, Tackle. After you've got Block on them, they just go to town. There is very, There are very few combat skills which aren't great on a Witch Elf. Sidestep is good fun too. Um, yeah, Witch Elves, very good players. Probably not in the first picking order. So let's talk a little bit about builds. Because uh, I don't know. I put, a, I put Mighty Blow on a Witch Elf in a Sevens evening that we ran and she caused chaos because yep. in sevens frenzy and, and mighty blow yeah you you all you need is one or two players off the pitch in a sevens team against a dark elf team and you can do what what you want that is uh very accurate so as the rerolls for the team of 50k the rest of the players are very expensive builds wise i mean what was your starting uh roster for tournament there ian uh, for for um, uh, for league, sorry. For league, uh, one witch elf, three blitzers, seven linemen, and just the measly two two rerolls. Mm. See, I'm a four blitzer, no witch elf, one runner, two reroll kind of guy, with a view of getting the runner, the leader reroll, uh, and then spending that cash eventually buying a witch elf while turning blitzers into just horrible, horrible things. Um, <laughs> but you know what? I don't think there's a lot in it. I, you know after a few games ideally you're going to be at the point of buying that missing player if you take a runner or a witch elf you end up with one player with armor seven on your team that happens uh that you can't get around it so it's really interesting and they're both movement seven so they both fill the same role it's just in my opinion the four blitzer one runner you get five players with movement seven instead of the four I mean, you, you never get more than two re-rolls in a league starting <laughs> roster, and you can pretty much play around with the teams as you want. The problem, in, if you're in a bashy league, uh, you, you're only starting with 11 players, and you are going to spend your first few games working out uh, which miniature is going to be your journeyman miniature <laughs> because you're going to have players miss a few games and you're going to need to save a bit of money because if you lose a blitzer you want to buy another blitzer <laughs> that's the elf truth am i right ben uh, buying blitzers for days that's the, uh, yeah, the league experience for any elf team isn't it <laughs> okay um yeah re-roll is important uh, but i think what Ian was getting out there is that quite possibly an apothecary being your first purchase it is not completely unwise. Yeah. 
it's, yeah, tempt- it's tempting. Really yeah, tempting to just go for the extra player. Uh, I wish I'd bought the apothecary before I bought my replacement assassin. Um, I made a mistake there, and it cost me another assassin. So yeah, I think uh, I've got to strongly advise taking that apothecary in a league environment because you want to keep. You're going to end up with four uh, key combat pieces, either three blitzers at a witch elf or just four blitzers, and you want to keep them alive so they can get that first level up. Once they've got that first level up, it, it they kind of self-propel themselves to the second, and at that point, your team starts to bloat, I'll give you that, but quite frankly, the only ones you want to keep alive are your positionals. The linemen, okay, if you get a guy with kick, try and keep him alive, because that will just help you score and score and score, but you can end up with three dead guys and it doesn't even matter because you just put the journeyman on the line you try and dodge away with them just so you stop putting your real players on the line um that might be the skaven coach in me but it's, <laughs> it's worked so far i play them as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works so dark elf tactics we've we've talked about it they're a running team that can pass and they are quite a bashy team because they've got the skill, they've got the movement, and they've got the armor there to be able to take them out. I am a big fan of kicking wherever possible. Um, what have you guys found is effective for this kind of team? I would always kick with the Dark Elf. That's, this is a nasty defensive team. You can pick players off one by one. You've got movement, you've got dodge, you've got agility to get around. You can make life hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Um, ben, just out of interest, when running your high elves, what did you find more profitable, uh, kicking or receiving? Or did you not get a chance to win the role? <laughs> uh, I think I always chose to receive with them, honestly. Uh, I mean, um, yeah, they can tend to play them a bit safer with the high elves. And like the thro- I, I like using the thrower before he dies, and I didn't have players to sub in. <laughs> so that's kind of why I liked receiving. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair enough. Do uh, you know what? Receiving with a Dark Elf team isn't terrible, because if you can score in two turns, you then get 14 turns to, to get one defensive touchdown for the win. So there mm-hmm. is definitely a tactical element there. But I'm with Ian on this. I love kicking, and especially once you get kick. You can stack heavy on one side, kick it either close or deep, and then just control that ball. And the quicker you get a turnover touchdown, they're then chasing. Um, I've, Ian, with with kicking, I've found that uh, I like to kick close with Dark Elves because they're not that fast. Whereas with Wood Elves or something, uh, Wood Elves and Pro Elves, you can afford to kick deep because your guys tend to have movement 8 or 9. Then you can kind of gun down there and and attack the ball in the backfield. Whereas Dark Elves, I like kicking quite close, using my murderous abilities to punch a hole and then swarming the ball kind of within that first five squares. Um, Yeah, that's fair enough. And with the Dark Elves, you don't need to get go for the ball you need to get tackle zones on the ball so yeah. the other team cannot pick it up because your guys aren't dying that quickly like they will die but it's not like with wood elves where oh i've got to score or i'm gonna die like it's just a horror like wood elves the top team in blood bowl but when running them you, it's, it's a lot of pressure you're just like i need to it's like building a snowman in july You've got a very small window to make something that looks like something before it just turns to a puddle. Uh, whereas, whereas Dark Elves, you're like, no, I'm just going to put that guy there. All right, you try and pick it up. 
because next turn I'm going to punch your guys some more, and then I'm going to pick it up. It's it's really weird, uh, and I've loved playing Dark Elves, and I, Ian, I completely get it. I really do completely get it with this team. They are they are they are really good fun defensively. I I think they are they're just there's because you can use so many of the positionals to cause chaos. Yeah. They are just really good fun, um, and I'm quite a fan of the make someone else squirm and run around for five or six turns and then pop the ball out and go into the half one nil up and receiving. That's it. It's it's a it's a control team um, that can do just literally everything. So I think that basically wraps it up for the basics part of this. Uh, what did we tag on here? I did put a little thing to talk about miniatures. Uh, because we've been asked by listeners to kind of cover some of the miniatures that are available for teams. Uh, obviously, there's the Games Workshop team, and like Ian said, you can get Assassins, but they are on Forge World, and I tried to buy some during this episode, and Forge World is closed, and there aren't any on eBay, which is very sad, because I like Assassins now. I, I think they're subpar, <laughs> but I think that's kind of the challenge uh, of just running Assassins. So no Assassins on eBay. That's a bit of a shame. Um so the games workshop team the models look great they are kind of the, the downside is the blitzers are all exactly the same yeah you're gonna have got lo- yeah and they got loads of fiddly bits on they are fragile uh, but they are lovely miniatures have you built the pro elf team in uh no i'm staying away from that that is just the worst team after building uh the pro elf team the dark elf team and i've now built three boxes of them uh, kind of. I built obviously you need two boxes to get your, your line up of four blitzers, a classic Games Workshop team split, but actually, quite frankly, it's still cheaper than all Kickstarters ever, and you'll end up with a load of spare players. Um, but having all the blitzers be this monoposed, it's it's not the best, but it, it really isn't all that bad. No. No, no, I no. I think my favourite uh, Dark Elf team is the one from Grebo, which I think Ian has. Uh, Are you picking that one up again? No. Is it no, Rick? Oh, Rick, yeah. no. Rick, Rick has the uh, Willie's different one, doesn't he? Yeah, he Rick has Willie miniatures. So, uh, Grebo has the Obsidian Dusk team for Dark Elves. Yeah, I'm Hills. a big fan of those. So, I'm just going to bounce over. Uh, can I get that on the screen? Not right now. So, there is Obsidian Dusk for Grebo. Uh, which are quite a cool-looking team. Let's do that and go to Grebo Games. And I think, yeah, like you said, Ben, Willie Miniatures has one as well. Let's see if we can find out here. It's not the cutie balls. It's fantasy football. Where's the teams? Here we go. Um, So Willie Miniatures has got them. Games Workshop have got them. Uh, Oh, yeah. He's got the Obsidian Dusk. I think it's the one to the left of that. I think this is the one that uses a lot of the Wood Elf ones. They've got uh, like variants. So if you if you go back, there's one next to it. The Obsidian, that one. Obsidian Dusk. That's the dedicated Dark Elf one. Oh, there you go. You're quite right, Ben. Yeah, the Assassins and the Witch Elves. Can we look there? So these guys are quite tall. The Witch Elves look great. Uh, is that an Assassin? God, be an Assassin. I dare you. Yeah, they do have Assassins. Yeah, they've got cool looking Assassins. Uh, this I'm pretty sure this is the team that Rick has got. They're quite tall. Oh, is it this one? Uh, I think it is actually. Yeah, maybe it is. is. Maybe it is. And Willy Miniatures. Willy Miniatures, Dark Elf. Dark Elves. Let's have a look here. 
Come on, Internet. You can do it. <laughs> Dark Elves positional. So they've got some star players as well. That's quite cool. Uh, oh, um, yeah. He's definitely the Grievo one he has then. Yeah, it's the Grievo one. There is a Dark Elf pack for Dark Elves, uh, which is gives you the assassins and things. They're not quite as good. So, yeah, if you're in the market for a Dark Elf team, Games Workshop or Grebo are currently probably the top ones uh, to go for. If you want to really push yourself, they've got the the Warcry Shadow Stalkers they showed off a few weeks back. They um they look potentially. Uh, oh, that's the uh, the Daughters of Cain one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they they'll be great for a team. Daughters of Cain Warcry. Let's see if we can't. Extremely good. It's got like the guy with the cape for the assassin and. That's a good way yeah. to get your assassins if you're after a Games Workshop team. <laughs> yeah, but it's not out. Oh, it was Underworlds, not Warcry, wasn't it? I think it's Warcry. Uh, is it Warcry, Warcry? Oh, yeah, yeah it, it was Warcry. Shadow Stalkers, Warcry. Yeah, the Canine Shadow, Shadow Stalkers. Shadow Stalkers, Warcry. This is, I'm sure, making for great air. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Audio listeners are yeah having a, having an absolutely great time here. Right, so let's go and have a look at this. The Shadow Stalkers. Oh That's yes, nice. cool assassins. Uh, yeah, definitely a way to get some assassins on there. Let's get rid of that massive banner. Uh, yeah, Here's some cool assassins for your team in one box. Uh, if you can't, if uh, Forge World never reopens. Um, which it should open soon. So that does wrap it up for this part. So there are some miniatures available for Dark Elves. Uh, the Games Workshop team really isn't that bad. Um, and it's a very versatile team where every player can be very, very, very special. Um, and the level them up as quickly as you can because the more guys you get to roll the dice on, the more chance of getting something cool, getting the doubles, getting the stat ups. And that's when the team really starts to shine. I think uh, is they kind of take their own, they create their own identity really, really easily. Ian with his Adge five armor six witch elf, me with my Adge six runner and just movement eight dark elves. It doesn't take much to make the team kind of uniquely powerful. It's it's lush actually. <laughs> so yeah, dark elves really good. We're going to take a quick break here and we're going to talk about inducements because as we've already said, they do die. So uh, we'll be right back. So we've just talked about it. Even with armor eight, linemen, they die. Uh, when you've got some armor seven positionals like assassins and witch elves, um, they die too. So with dark elves, even though your players do advance quickly, you can end up down on TV due to injuries. Um, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, Ian, but having to take some inducements happens with dark elves. Oh, happens. I think I went five games in a row without having a full squad out and a journeyman of one to three in the team. So, oh, uh, elf life. Uh, I think Ben knows a thing or two about that as well. It's always in debt. <laughs> always, yeah. 
Always, always, always. So what we're going to do now is we're going to talk through the inducements that are available to a Dark Elf team. Um, and then we will in invariably ask the question, is it better than a wizard? And we've got two wizards to compare it to tonight, which makes it even more complicated. Um, and I need you guys to, to, to hold me true here. So we're going to talk through the star players that are available in the Dark Elf Spike magazine, magazine number two. If you can't get hold of a printed copy, it's $5.99 on Warhammer Digital. That's not bad, and you can never lose it. So, yeah. actually, do recommend that. If you can't get hold of the Spike magazine, because they're out of print and the world's ended, just download it for £6. It's just There's not a lot else to spend hobby cash on at the moment. So, we're going to go through the list here. We'll start with star players. So, Asperon Thorn. Everybody loves a bit of Asperon Thorn. Uh, plays for Dark Elf, High Elf, and Elf Union. So, suck it, what else? Uh, everybody else, though. Have a great time. 160k, 6348. So Dark Elf Lineman for the stats. 160k is not bad for a, for a star player. And this guy is pretty key. I think we've talked about him a couple of times before on the podcast. Hail Mary pass, kickoff return, loner, because he's a star player. Pass, safe throw, and sure hands. Okay, who wants to go first about why Asperon Thorn is a great pickup here for a Dark Elf team? Take it away, and You've had experience with this. <laughs> so, uh, I got completely benabled into this guy um, <laughs> when a uh, when a hundred and uh, something short on on inducements, and yeah, yeah, kick to this guy all day long. He's going to grab the ball off the kickoff. He's going to pass it to where you want to. Uh, you can get it to the right player in the right place, and then they're off and scoring. He through three touchdown passes to a witch elf in one game absolutely worth 160 of inducement and at that price oh that's a lovely set of skills <laughs> so we, we normally talk league here uh we do touch on on tournament but from a league point of view the bad thing about star players is they hog the spp they hog the touchdowns and uh they have loner which means when you want to do key stuff with them you can't re-roll them, so it makes them risky. Asperon Thorn, he gets kickoff return, so that's three squares of free movement. He's got sure hands, so you don't need the re-roll to pick him up, and he's edge four. He's got pass, so if you need to pass with him, he's got that free re-roll. And, Ben, what else does he have? Safe throw. Safe throw. So even if you do go for a pass with this guy, uh, and they intercept, on a three plus, it didn't really happen. Uh, I've not quite figured out the mechanics of how that skill works, but you know that's fine. Um, <laughs> I think it's an uh, yeah an edge off, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's this guy for 160k enables your team to do things like Ian said. He got touchdowns scored from this player. This player may take up a completion or two, but it just gives you a real quick jump up. And taking a uh, a brand new Dark Elf team at 1,000 and take him against a, a team of 1,200, this guy gets you a massive edge and I think really gives you a fighting chance. This is a great player and I really strongly recommend him in tournament builds as well uh, if you can take him because 160k, it's uh, 70k more than another player. Okay, But you know what? You can get a good whack for 1100 so as long as the tournament is kind of 1200 plus you can fit Asperon Thorn in with a reasonable Dark Elf team and that sure hands and pass and everything just gives you that extra skill there's those extra key skills and, and moves so I love Asperon I think it's one of the most utilitarian star players out there uh, and great for sevens too 
And when it goes wrong, you still got an edge four lineman in him to uh, plug a hole somewhere. Exactly. That, that you don't care about if he dies. So that's also uh, a bit of a boon. Right, next up we've got the classic Eldril Sidewinder. Uh, Dark Elf, High Elf, Wood Elf, Mohawk Elf. Uh, 200k, 8 Three, four, seven. So a little bit more expensive than Aspiron, not massively, still, uh, still affordable for a movement L for a movement eight elf here. That's not bad. Loner, obviously. So it comes with pass block, nerves of steel, dodge, catch, and hypno gaze. Eldril is a very interesting star player and one of the classics, really. I mean, Eldril's been around for a very long time, possibly forever. Um, yeah, he's a catcher. Yeah, which is quite cool for a Dark Elf, because that's the kind of position they don't have. Like the other teams, that the other Elf teams, they all have their movement eight catchers, don't they? Yep. Um, yeah. You, you don't have that movement eight. And coming with dodge gets away, and coming with catch gets away with loner there, because you won't ever be able to burn a reroll on what you want him to do, which is move or receive the ball. But it does fall into the trap that Asperon does not, which is he will hog your touchdowns. He will help you win the game, hands down, but he will cost you six, S uh, six SPP a game um, from developing your team. If it's the big game, if it is uh, a tournament, that doesn't matter at all. Uh, you do also have Hypnogaze with Agility 4. Um, what do you guys think about him using Hypnogaze? It's nice for cage breaking. It is, uh, but my biggest issue with um, Eldril with Hypnogaze is his armor 7, he's not got block, he's just going to get punched in the face regardless of whether Hypnogaze works. I feel like it's a one-trick pony, and on a 3+, plus, that's not great odds. Yeah, uh, you'd be better off using your uh, your Edge 6 Blitzer to cage break instead. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream, Edge 6, strength yeah. 5, boom. Um, yeah, not bad. Ian, have you uh, ever considered taking Eldril? Considered, but 200k on armor 7... Or is he gonna give you a payback? Is he gonna is he gonna enable you really to do what you want? Or is he is he just gonna catch the ball and score your touchdown? Which if it's a must win match, fab. But if you're trying to develop some other players, yeah. you can't be doing that with this guy. And uh, I suppose the key here is that if you want to develop your team, you've got Asperon Thorn. Um, if you need a fast extra scoring player, you can take Eldral. So you get you get an option there, which I actually think is really, really good. Uh, talking of options and different player types, you've got Elijah Doom, Dark Elf and Elf Union. So quite limited, this player. Uh, 190,000, 6349. Fend, Guard, Loner, Firm, and Wrestle. What the heck is this guy trying to do? Such a strange set of skills. It is a very strange set of skills. Uh, it's a really interesting player type. This feels like it's from the Stunty League. Uh, it's just got a bunch of skills that people don't normally take. Um, yeah. Fend and Stand Firm together as well. It's like, which one? <laughs> Pick one, right? Yeah, what are you, you going to be doing? So, yeah. <laughs> Elijah is interesting. You get Guard. Now, Ian, you were talking about how useful Guard is. Yeah. And, and, and stats-wise, this guy is still 6349. So, he's still got 6 movement and he's still got Agility 4. So, it can still get around, so you can take that guard piece and position it where they want. And you've also got wrestle there, so if you need to sack the ball, you can do it with this piece. It's a weird, weird piece. I, 
I, with a set of skills, the armor nine's nice with guard because he's gonna do stuff. But that's probably all you're gonna get out of him again in a game is that he's gonna stay in a place. He's gonna guard, and you're gonna try and work out whether he's offending or standing firm for most of the game, and wish he'd done the other one. Yeah. So I'm gonna jump straight in here with the patented question: Is he better than a wizard? Uh, probably not. He's got a lot of skills, but you're not using a lot of them. So at this point, I would be looking at taking Aspiron or Eldril over Elijah. And depending on how my team was looking, the wizard. Uh, I don't think Elijah Doom is a bad star. No, he's not bad. And 190 isn't that much. It's not. But again, I think the theme with all of these stars is they're really competing with Aspiron. Yes. Is he better than Aspiron? Probably it's, not. And he's 30k more. Uh, well, you're exactly right. He is more expensive than Aspron. He's going to do less to develop your team. Uh, he's a bit of a brawler, which is lovely, but you, you don't really need that for Dark Elves because you're you're more of a, a surgical strike kind of team uh, than a uh, stand him up and knock him down. Mm. So, yeah. Next up, another interesting player type, Hawkon Heartripper, just Dark Elf. 210, 7347, so a fast assassin or, you know, uh, which elf here? Dodge, leap, loner, multi-block, shadowing, and stab. So we've got a super assassin here for 210k. All right. Movement seven is lovely. Dodge is lovely. Shadowing and stab. All right. But you know what makes stab better? Multiple block. There it is. Oh, and he's got leap too. <laughs> uh, so good. This is a fun star player. I don't know if it's going to help you win the game. But it, you're going to murder some stuff. That's great. It's going to help you roll a lot of dice. You're going to have a lot of fun rolling them. Well, absolutely. Uh, if I can't imagine a situation where you're down TV against a stunty team. But you know what? Against pro elves, wood elves, uh, having a multi-block stabber is going to do wonderful things. Uh, I know that from experience. My, <laughs> my, my dual assassin team had a heck of a day against pro elves. Uh, because it's just like, I'll take the free stab here, rolls an eight. Hey, he's out. Uh, it's wicked fun. And having leap, multiple block, really cool. Uh, you can strike with him where you want him. You can leap into places and take that stab. All right, doesn't have frenzy, but, you know, it's fine. Can't get everything. Uh, it is a risky play, though. He's got loner and leap, only works on a three plus. So it is risky. This player is suboptimal, but interesting. Yeah, I think... I think it's uh, it's worth taking just to kind of see how it will work. And if if you've got like maybe you're you've got some blitzes down and there's no real way to, or if you're up against a low armor team like you say pro elves and you have no real way of opening up that cage, you might be worth taking because do it getting two blocks is pretty good. You can have a go at the ball carry and have a go at someone on the edge as well. Yeah, so. you, you can't blitz with multiple block, which is a very sad oh, thing. Oh, you not? Oh, okay. There so you, you kind of it doesn't come up all that often um but deploying on the line Hawkon, I, I can't see him being taken but if someone said hey for this game uh draw uh, here's a random star player if i got any of these guys so far i'd be like cool that's fun this is an interesting player type yeah um then we've got hubris rakarth which is dark elf and elf union 260k oh hello 7448 so we've got strength four uh dark elf that's pretty tasty that's 260k for a vampire who isn't full okay vampire on a diet like that uh comes with loner obviously comes with block 
Mighty Blow, Strip Ball, Jump Up, and Dirty Player. 260k. Uh, this guy's a tank. Yeah, I mean, it's getting into territory of quite expensive inducements for Dark Elves, but I mean, this is a big number for a Dark Elf team. Yeah, but you'd want to take this guy, right? Because that is a juicy player. Okay, I just need to do some quick maths here. Uh, please talk talk amongst yourself for a second. Uh, right, 70k for Lyman times 6 is 420, plus 260 is 680. Hello, Star 7's build. Uh, hubris, Rakarth, and a bunch of linemen. You get 20k left over. You can upgrade uh, a lineman to an assassin, you know, because Ian loves assassins. Um could take <laughs> um, but better still take a 250 star player and then you can upgrade alignment to a blitzer oh that's the dream uh so hubris rakarth is fun and can do damage and i think i think like ben said if you're out a blitzer and you're punching above your weight hubris could be that brawler for you um but it is really tough with dark elves because if you're down a blitzer yeah i'll be fine probably got a witch elf probably got an assassin probably got that that fourth piece that you can use as a sub blitzer, maybe a lino with block or dodge, just an extra position, or, or quite frankly, running with three blitzers is still 50% better than most other teams. Um, <clears throat> and the rest of your you, guys. You'd probably that. take him if you were down several positionals, and when you get into that stage with Dark Elves, you're in a painful team building stage. <laughs> Yeah, when yeah. you're down to eight and uh, two of them are positionals, it does it does suck the power out of your team. That's probably something we should have touched on in the last segment. Uh, with Wood Elves or Pro Elves, if all you've got is linemen, you can still elf around. You've got good movement. You've got good agility. Uh, Dark Elves are slower. They're tougher, but they're slower. You can do less elfy things with just linemen. Um, once they've got one or two skills, then they are way better but they don't win the lineman versus lineman war in an elf off. Uh, so when you lose your positionals, it does hurt more, I think, than with other elf teams. Uh, but yeah, so 260 could fill a gap there. Uh, I'm still looking at Aspron or a wizard to, to do that damage. Um, yeah, it's, you could take Aspron and Apothecary for the same price. Oh, yeah, now you're talking. Yeah. Or that third reroll from a wandering... Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's 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 tough. That's a tough trade. Uh, so more interesting players, and this is one of the new ones for the spike is Kiroth Krakenai, Dark Elf and Elf Union. Uh, this guy went to the bottom of the sea, played Blood Bowl, lost, and got a magic hat. True story. Um, we've talked about him on the podcast before because it's a really interesting thing. He's got a magic hat with tentacles on that uh, grabs people. 170k, so cheap. Um, 170k, 7348, so Blitzer Speed, Blitzer Armor. Uh, disturbing Presence, Foul Appearance, Loner, Pass Block, Tackle, and Tentacles. Mm, gives you a bit of Nurgle on your team. He does give you a bit of Nurgle. This guy makes a far bigger impact than it looks on paper. Disturbing Presence, okay, that's a ton of squares with a minus one modifier to everything. You've got a two plus block to actually attack him, you've got a roll of two plus. He's got tentacles. Yes, he's only strength three, but so are most other players. So again, it's still another roll to take. And if they're dodging away from you, you've got to get past your tackle skill as well. And with pass block, uh, your opponent declares a pass. This guy gets three squares uh, to move and to apply that disturbing presence, 
uh, onto the ball carrier and quite frankly if they throw it to a catcher and you go put this guy next door with tackle and tentacles you've just ruined um, yeah. their fun because disturbing presence and their tackle zone that's now minus two to them catching and even my hatch six runner is going to have a tough time catching that and then escaping with Kiroth cracking eye on him and for 170k that's not bad it's a big annoyance isn't it maybe if you have like a lot of your positionals um already and you're up against like uh let's say like my really throwy high elf team yep i'd probably rather take this guy than Asperon. i like yeah. this guy against um, skaven yeah oh god yeah as a skaven yeah. coach yeah. i don't like this guy against skaven but this uh if you're punching skaven tend to bloat um so my my skaven team about a quarter of the entire team value are in my gut it's probably more than that Actually, it's way more than that. It's almost half the team value in my gutter runners. This guy eats gutter runners. He's got tackle. He's got strength three. He's got movement seven, which is not bad. He's got tentacles because he's got that strength advantage. He's got that disturbing presence. He's got pass block. He's it just, yeah, if you're playing against somebody who's running Skaven team, uh, Wood Elf team, something where there's fragile catcher pieces and you don't want to be friends with them anymore, this guy is, is a bargain for 170k because uh, they're going to be like, oh no, he's going to fireball me. And you're like, I could fireball you for one turn or I could just have this extra lineman who's a little bit faster. He's got tackle and he's just going to upset the backfield. Uh, I like this player. I, yeah. I, I really like him. If you've got some offensive players that don't help you defensively and that's what you're short of this guy fills fills a lovely mold mm. and he isn't going to take spps away from you because none of what he does is going to uh, worry you again for scoring no exactly uh you know with 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 the dark elf team casualty spp is is incidental it happens but you can't force it okay it's not like ogres and dwarves where you want to grind casualties the Dark Elves can cause them, but it's tough to cause them on purpose. It's way easier to get completions and touchdowns. This guy doesn't touch either of those. Uh, he just makes it harder for your opponent to score. Uh, slows down their game for the rest of your team to do its thing. So, not as good as Asperon Thorn, possibly. Uh, but if, you're, if you've got a lineup, if your team is there, Kraken is going to do some stuff. Yeah, great modeling opportunity as well. Oh, such a Love good. To see that's like tentacle-faced dark elf running across the board. It'd be great. There was a, a corsair for dark elves in Warhammer Fantasy Battle, and he had that mask. He looked just like him. Um, oh, really, really cool. Uh, now we've got some big dogs here. We've got Mordrix Hex dark elf at 230k, seven three four seven. So witch elf stats: block, dauntless, dodge, fend, frenzy, loner, mighty blow. So. Mordric, Mordric's Hex is a uh, Witch Elf hag, um, and she's taken to the Blood Bowl pitch because she doesn't like uh, the fact that everyone loves Roxana so much. So she's taken to the Blood Bowl pitch. So she's got Frenzy, uh, she's got Blodge, she's got Fend as well, with Dauntless and Mighty Blow for 230k. What do you guys think to this player? Hmm. That good, huh? See, I like her, <laughs> but just. I I want twenty k more of inducements, and we'll come on to why. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's just uh, I just don't think a troll slayer fits on the dark elf team as much when you already got the witch elves. I think she isn't adding that much. If you got a witch elf with block, it's not really. It's a cool build. Uh, I wouldn't push her off. I wouldn't push her off the pitch, um, especially with Fend. But having having a bludger 
for 230k with Mighty Blow and Frenzy, this this Mordrick's Hex should be able to perform some removal. And yes, Dauntless is not ideal, but Frenzy Dauntless, it, it can give you those two die blocks where you would normally have a one die or 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 worse. Like there's there's definitely definitely uses here for Mordrick's. It's difficult because 230 is is kind of you're hitting the, the, the kind of times where you are three games in with your Dark Elf team and you're playing against a season two team at that point. You know, you're 10, 50, yeah. 10, 60, they're 13, 1400. Uh, I don't... Your classic your game three, someone's killed your Witch Elf in game two yeah. and you are seriously down on TV and you, you want to play with a Witch Elf but you can't afford one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, this Mordrix Hex, she gives you move, she gives you agility and she gives you brawl. Uh, it's definitely... Probably one of the most all-rounded players here. I don't know if I would take her over Hubris. They're similar prices, 230 versus 260 to get that extra strength with Mighty Blow and Block. Uh, if you want a brawler, I think Hubris is the key. If you can't yeah. quite afford it, but you do want someone who can do a bunch of stuff, Aldrich's Hex is pretty good. Um, That's how exactly I see it. If you're in the expensive inducement territory, and at that point, you probably have enough of Hubris, and I would take Hubris. The great thing about all of these players so far is I don't think there is a bad one. Uh, yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, Ian and I were talking in the break. Uh, he said um, Dark Elves are a team for basically a player in their second season. You know, they, they get the rules of Blood Bowl. It takes a bit of skill, but you get payoffs. If a player that wasn't 100% sure of star players, wasn't sure of optimal builds or tournament lists or anything, picked any one of these stars, they could play a good game with them. Yeah. None of these guys are garbage. They're sub some of them are not as good as others, but none of them are garbage. Uh, if someone stacked up and was like, yeah, I'm running uh, Hawk on Heartripper, I'd be like, hmm, okay. I'm going to have to be careful of that guy. Uh, you know, And he's probably the worst guy there. Oh no, Elijah Doom is... Well, yeah, maybe if they took Elijah Doom. I don't think, I don't think having a guard wrestle player is gonna is gonna make their game worse. And yeah. uh, I think that's the interesting thing. And if Mordrix Hex was taken, I, I'd be cautious because I think that's a good counter move. Uh, so now we've got the ultimate player of all time, Morgan Thorg, four thirty six six three ten block loner, mighty blow, thick skull, throw teammate, win the game. Uh, great star player, uh, does a load of damage. If you are down four hundred and thirty with a dark elf team, you may as well just start a new team. I think <laughs> it's time. It's time to start a new team. <laughs> yeah. He is. Uh, I, I would be taking the wizard. I'd be taking an Apothecary. I'd be taking Asperon Thorn at that point. Unfortunately for Morgan Thorg, you can just get so much for that. That said, again, if someone was running Morg with the Dark Elf team, it would certainly add a, an element of, oh, that's really, really deathly now. Uh, could be interesting. Uh, I would obviously take the Giant. I'm going to have to say I've made it... Oh, no, I've mentioned the Giant in the hobby section. Ah, one day. <laughs> one day I'll do a podcast or a show where I don't talk about Giants. <laughs> I got baited no, by no. you yesterday, Ben, in the chat for Miniature Monday. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, there we go. So, yeah. That's Morg. And then last of these star players, we've got Roxana Darknail. Amazon and Dark Elf. 
Uh, Dodge, Frenzy, Jump Up, Juggernaut, Leap Loner, 250k, 8, 3, 5, 7. Probably. This is, um, yeah, this is why I held off on Mordrix. <sighs> okay, let's, let's, let's play a game here. <clears throat> 350k, 8, 3, 5, 7. How do you feel about that? 350. Yeah. I wouldn't consider it a 350. Interesting. Interesting. 250 feels like a steal. And not only yeah. is this player Edge 5, she's got leap and dodge to make the most of it and movement 8 as well. So Roxana just flies across the field, bathing in the blood of the opponents here. There's just awesome. Great model from Games Workshop. Really like that. Um,. Great player, 250k. The only the only thing I don't like about Roxana Darkdale is that Amazons can take her. <laughs> Feels unfair, doesn't it? Just shush Amazons. Like <laughs> the great the upside or the upside, the balancing point of this is that yes, it's difficult to get Roxana into a Dark Elf build because Dark Elves are so expensive. She will help a league team that is a quarter of a million down. Uh but you know what? I if you're a quarter of a million up and they take Roxana. Uh, that just makes it even, I think. <laughs> you know, they've got oh, Roxana. Yeah. And Roxana can 2 plus leap, 2 plus dodge, touchdown. Uh, but you can also jump in there and kill her because she's strength 3, armor 7. So she, she might trade herself for one or two touchdowns. Depends I think on you. Where she, where she stands out and a lot of, and sort of how I gauge a star player is like she's she's where you have a witch elf. And you got every single ideal level up you ever wanted. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you're actually probably saving money as well. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. Now, we're talking league here for a second, guys. Roxana is going to win you that game, but she is going to cost you touchdowns. And I'm going to be real, real honest with you here. I don't know if in a league I would take Roxana over Asperon unless I really wanted to win the game. If I want to play a game of Blood Bowl and give myself an opportunity to win, I take Asperon. If I want to automatically win, I go with Roxana. But it's it's just going to be as if your opponent uh, just declined to play the game at that point. You don't get level ups for your team. You might get a completion. You might get some casualties incidentally, but you're not scoring the touchdowns. Asperon is going to help your team score the touchdowns. Roxana is just going to play Blood Bowl while the rest of your team watch have so much fun doing it though oh, so I much know. fun with that skill set uh, if you can get Roxana into a Dark Elf team in a tournament boom uh, yeah alright 12.50 that's that's where it's at uh, that's the downside of her being able to be taken by Amazons is you can fit them in, you can fit her in a list real easy uh, <laughs> but Roxana probably uh, the, it's one of the top three top five star players in Blood Bowl uh, and when you're putting and when you're putting her with a top three or top five team for Blood Bowl, it's just a recipe for win. Uh, but it will cost you in a league, and it's very expensive to fit into a tournament. So, yeah, interesting build choice. Um, well, she's just miles better than a wizard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think she's better than three wizards, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, why I think she's, you know, 350 would still be interesting. Cool player, like it. A player whose name everybody knows. Yeah, every blah blah player. Yeah. Weird, weird thing to say, you know. But there are a lot of star players like who? What do they do? Who are they? Mm. Everybody knows 
Roxana is dangerous. Uh, they might not know her stats. They might not know the skills. They'll know Morg. Everyone knows Morg. I feel like Roxana is up there with the player with the star players. Roxana, Griff, Morg. They're the players that everyone knows. If they I always forget the she's Edge Five. Every time, like I've seen it so many times, and every time it's always, oh yeah, she's Edge Five. Oh yeah, she's Edge Five. Man, Edge <laughs> Five is amazing. Dip and just, leap and yeah. And just think, Star Player Sevens with her in it. Yeah, I don't think you can afford yeah. it. You can. Just oh, if you can afford, if you could afford <laughs> hubris, you can, can't you? So six times seventy. Yeah, yeah. Plus 250, uh, 670. Yeah, that's just Roxana versus a sevens team at that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, ben, I'm not sure Roxana anyone... Roxana Blitzer. Did anyone submit that team for, um, yep. for Ross Was it you, Ian? Yep. <laughs> it was Ian. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Well, we went with the Rasperon Thorn team for sevens. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, Roxana, interesting one. Right, let's move on to the next bit of inducements. Well, golly, that's small, isn't it? So... Uh, wizards I mention them every now and again you guys are very sweet and listen to me talk about wizards and listeners send me special rules which is awesome do that wizard rules great love it endless spells please that's what I'm interested in um, so you can take the standard wizard you've got the CRP wizard with the fireball lightning bolt you've got the 2016 wizard with the fireball and the almost lightning bolt which is a 3 plus instead of a 2 plus still not bad uh, uh, but You've also got the Druki Sports Sorceress. 150k available to Dark Elf and Elf Union teams here. Uh, not going to read the fluff, but I am going to read the rules. So you get Thunderbolt, which is the same as the standard spell. Cast either at the start of any of your turns before any player performs an action, or immediately after your turn has ended, even if it ended with a turnover. Pick a standing opposition player anywhere on the pitch and roll a d6. If the score is 3 or higher, uh, then that player has been hit by the Thunderbolt. If the roll is 1 or 2, then nothing happens and you are sad. Uh, a player hit by the Thunderbolt is knocked down immediately and an armor roll must be made, and possibly an injury roll as well, as if being hit by a player with Mighty Blow. So on a 3+, plus, you Mighty Blow them to the ground. That's a great bit of utility. But the Dark Elf uh, Wizard comes with this extra spell here. So no Fireball, no Firebolt, Fireball. This replaces it. It's 1,000 cuts. Cast at the start of any of your opponent's turns before any player performs an action. Target any opposition player. Roll a dice. On a 3+, plus, that player's movement, strength, and agility are all reduced by 1 until the end of the drive. This is cool. This is so Dark Elf. This is this this is the reason to take the, the wizard is to to do that. But it's the three plus. If it was two plus, yeah. oh. oh Ian, I couldn't agree with you more. If it was a two plus, then this would be worth. This would be equal to the fireball alternative for the wizard. Uh, makes me so sad. You can only take one wizard. Games Workshop yeah. needs to sort that right out. Unlimited wizards, in my opinion. Um, hey, we can sort it out in a certain league, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, have a wizard league. That's it. Unlimited, yeah. unlimited wizards and unlimited slave giants. Uh, <laughs> let's just get that in, and then you're playing in Ben League now. Um, One thousand cuts. Okay, I do think the fireball is better, but this spell against a specific player can be big it's really difficult but that three plus i'd rather roll the lightning bolt yeah the three plus will yeah. fail 
Yeah, exactly. This is why I like the fireball is because you're not rolling one four plus. You're rolling like three, four, five if you've got people grouped up, maybe some of your own players. It doesn't matter. You still feel like you've achieved something even if you kill one of your own with a fireball. Uh, you get to make sound effects, wear a hat. <laughs> um, you know, the fireball does does stuff. The lightning bolt, if you get it, it feels like a solid risk. If this was a two plus, you're exactly right. But on a three plus, the player doesn't get knocked down. They just get slightly worse for the rest of the drive. It, it's it's so fun and also so underpowered at the same time. When would yeah. this when would this be great? This, this uh, would I be think... great if you're playing someone who's got one position or who you know is going to get the ball. Or because score. you can really screw with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when they're going to, um, they need to blitz or dodge out to get that touchdown, and you screw them up by giving them the minus strength and minus edge, and suddenly, that's not such a compelling thing they have to do. Your opponent starts crying because their only thing you could they can do they now require six six six. Yeah, they they run out of movement to get there with the go for it. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can really screw them with. Do you know what else reduces movement? being punched to the ground with a lightning bolt. Yeah, that works too, actually. <laughs> well, nicely said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is the dance. This is the thing here. Uh, this spell is close. Um, I just, I just, I just give it the thunderbolt. But you know what? That's the advantage of the Drukey Sports Sorceress is uh, if you are in a position where you need something to work, you can take the Thunderbolt if you just want to toy with them. Uh, 1,000 cuts. And I guess we haven't considered the combo ability here. If you get this on uh, their Star Gutter Runner or their War Dancer and then destroy them with one of your own players, tasty. Oh, yeah. Straight movement 7, strength 2, add 3 War Dancer suddenly isn't so good anymore. Uh, you blitz it with the Minotaur, 3 dice, uh, yeah, mighty right. blow, and SPP. Uh, it's pretty pretty fun. Is the only kind of advantage I get there. Uh, personally, I have, sorry, sorry I it. have a D6 here. So let's just see if we can cast 1,000 cuts on their war dancer. Go for it. I rolled a two. No joke. Rolled oh, a two. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Is it better than a wizard? <laughs> it's tough. It is super cool. It's super cool. Super thematic. Um, Roxana probably a little bit overpowered. Aspiron Thorn probably a little bit overpowered. One thousand cuts a little bit underpowered, uh, but still fun to talk about. Right. Other otherwise inducements for a dark elf team. Extra apothecaries are great. Extra team trainings are great. Wizards wonderful. Kegs are free. Uh, if you get fifty k, you're just gonna take a keg. The weather mage is right there on the screen, but you're still not gonna take it. Um, it's going to be a keg all day long. You're never going to take a bribe um, because you, what are you doing? Why is there no chainsaw player on this team? Makes me sad. Uh, you know, everyone would play dark elves then. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you're looking at a short piece of inducement money, then an apothecary or an extra reroll, depending on how your team's looking. If you're looking for a middle a middle 200k, you've got a couple of star players you can take, uh, Krakenai, uh, Aspiron Thorn, or a Wizard. And when you hit the 250 mark, you've got Roxana and Mordrix to play with. Uh, any more than that, and you're almost better off comboing. So from 300k more, you're kind of better off comboing at Aspiron with a Wizard. Um, 
depends on your opponent and the great thing about this is there's a bunch of star players and it really depends on who you're playing and how your team is looking uh, if you've got a full lineup but they out tv you anyway then one of the bigger stars will make a difference if your lineup's beaten up you've got some options there i think that's really key and that can help dark elves continue to win in a league where they take a bit of a beating um, and I think that gives them the edge. So, guys, final thoughts about Dark Elves. Is there anything we haven't talked through? Ian, this is this is your domain. Oh, just, uh, so, so they they are an amazing sevens team. I think if you if you want to get into sevens, then Dark Elves is it's almost sevens on easy to start off with. I've never been uh, in a Dark Elves sevens team. I've always lost or drawn. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've, 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 I don't think I've ever lost a sevens game. I've drawn a lot, because because of the builds you take with them. But they are really good fun, um, uh, and I think for tournament builds there are so many different varieties of three, four blitzers and skills you can take that these are a bit of fun. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that's great. They they are they're slow-ish. Six seven movement there in the mid the medium speed character category they can get two turn touchdowns quite happily you're looking at a three for comfortable speed with them they can still do things they are a super flexible better human team uh they do a load of cool stuff really 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 like them what is their nemesis team what teams well, do they really struggle with humans against them because they they can play the same um but you're going to struggle against anyone who on turn one takes three of your players off the pitch if you've only got 11 players um i've not struggled too much against dwarves with dark elves being able to disengage um most of the players who are going to be in contact are going to be alignment they're not going to have dodge anyway yeah if you get the one it's a team reroll so the tackle doesn't really come into effect you can just evade them undead are a good challenge uh they've got they got some good strikes there skaven skaven are tough skaven are faster than the dark elves uh so dark elves can play that controlly game but it's going to be a shootout uh well, that game's going to be a three two uh, one way or the other um and just trying to think if there's any team you're like ugh. I don't think there is. I think I think probably the worst thing for a Dark Elf team to line up against is another Dark Elf team. Yeah. Because <laughs> they are the mid-range elite. Uh, they're not all murder, no ball. They're not all ball, no murder. They're just good at everything. And being able to flex to your opponent's list, your opponent's tactics, and your own injuries means that the Dark Elf team is always in the fight. And uh, it makes them great to to stream games with uh to commentate because actually they're fun to watch uh, i get i get it they're fun to watch they're fun to play and it doesn't take much for them to get their own identity so yes absolutely love dark elves um top top three top five teams here for me uh right that does wrap it up for today's episode ian thank you so much for coming on and talking about your uh cane crush no problem. Always a bit of fun talking about the Dark Elves. 
We'll have to get uh, we'll have to get some uh, some Knight teams and some Witch Elves teams on the go on Fumble, so he can come in and talk about uh, Dark Elves, the dark side. Um, <laughs> dark Elves, <laughs> yeah, the, the really dark Elves. Uh, love it, and darker. yeah, and Ben, thank you as ever for for, for joining me. Uh, oh, thanks always, for on. always great fun to talk Blood Bowl and guys thank you ever so much for listening public service announcement please check us out on YouTube streaming on Twitch Sunday nights Tuesdays we've got a new show every Monday called Miniature Mondays where Ben and uh, various other people I drag on we had Warhanam I'm going to try and keep him as much as possible we talk about news outside of Blood Bowl don't worry it's just going to be once a week uh, and it will cover Warhammer Age of Sigma Age of Sigma 40k all the top miniature wargaming shows uh, games so come and check that out uh, as soon as the apocalypse clears up we'll be back to regular scheduled programming with seven super series and i cannot wait to start filming that again i know it's going to be a couple of months yet but i'm going to get absolutely smash through that as quickly as we can and uh, yep stay tuned for some news about our fumble tournament that's going to be coming up uh, very very soon so guys thanks very much for listening and uh, get in contact let us know your thoughts and we will see you next weekend for roster rumble hopefully and uh yeah i will bid you adieu guys thanks very much and i will catch you all later thank you bye bye thank you bye now <laughs>